Sifters, welcome to Game Face, episode 339 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, one of your hosts for the next couple hours of intense game discussion, but I have two other hosts with me, Matt and Luna Kyle. What's up, Matt? What's up, Luna? Danny Endurance is correct. Your chair is squeaking. Yes, my my chair needs some WD-40, or I need to get new chairs. One or the other. Yours does not, which is odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just this one. For some reason, it's creaky. But you're right. I definitely need to get some oil or something to fix it. Hope you guys are doing good. Hope you guys had a good week since we last saw you guys. Um, We have a good week ahead. That's for darn sure. Lots of big games coming out in the next seven days. Last seven days, not quite as much. But our show is still loaded with games, actually. This is not like a topic show. This is... (laughs) It's just games you don't care about. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) But there are games that you won't care about as much as the games you'll care about next week. I'll go that far. Uh, We have a show loaded with big games next week. In fact, I don't even know how I'm going to find time to play everything um, over the next five or six days to get ready for next week's show. That's a problem for another day. Today we're here to talk about all the stuff that happened in the last week. And there have been a ton of big stories. Lots of housekeeping to get to today for sure. Matt, how's your week been going? All right. Um, I'm trying to think what happened. Not, oh, hello. <laughs> He's like, give me attentions. Yeah, just playing, uh, not playing current games. Yeah. Except for, you know, enough to yeah. talk about them. But, yeah, <laughs> I was trying to re- get through uh, uh, Fallen Order again in preparation. In for time. Because we got, what, about a week now? A little a less? A week, week and a half. Yeah. Until, yeah coming up soon because i got it you know i got it on my pc and it looks looks real nice now and i'm like, i want to remember how all the combat works and and the nuances of it so i can tell whether they improved it or not when i play the new one because you do start survivor with all those abilities as well so you'll be able to tell right away yeah i will say i and i think i mentioned it during the the preview thing of it but it's like there aren't the the skill tree in that game is really not very exciting yeah like i i I think i'm like i'm like halfway through the game and i've got like eight skill points sitting there because i don't want any of the skills left in the tree i'm waiting for the next force power to open the tree more because i know those abilities are better and it's just like you should never be in that situation you should always want to upgrade upgrade. something in there i'll be honest with you matt i feel like i've played several games in the last couple months that have been like that yeah where i just ended up with this plethora of upgrade points that i had no interest in spending on any of the potential upgrades yeah that is a a developmental skill that we don't talk about enough yeah i ran into i mean i'm trying to finish horizon forbidden west in time for the i won't apparently in time for the dlc launches tomorrow it's like tonight or tomorrow or something um, but I'm close. I'm like one mission away from the end of the main story, so mm-hmm. that'll be good enough. But like, um, I just hit a point. I mean, I'm, I'm level fifty. I'm, ma- I'm maxed everything out, other than the skill points I'm getting for like different quests and stuff. But I'm, I have no more skills I want. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I don't have. I didn't even put a single point in the traps tree. I didn't either until like I ran out of other stuff to put things <laughs> yeah. in. I'm like, like well, I had to spend them on something. Maybe it would be good to be able to craft stuff faster. I don't know. Yeah. And it's just like it, so much of that tree is useless if you don't use all these different weapons. And like, there's. Well, I think there's, they give you the option to play it how you sure, want to play it. Sure. Yeah. It's just weird. It's, I'm just like, wow. I don't care about anything. I mean, usually you have, you know abilities that are maybe not directly related to the weapon types that are like oh i definitely want to be able to do that mm-hmm. but like there's nothing in yeah. some of those trees and some of those weapons i still don't understand how i can't remember what the name of it is but it's the one where you it's like the highlight one where you throw the the razor blade and it hits the oh, thing and it comes yeah. back and you catch it yeah i cannot get that to work properly for the life of me like, i never had it i only like, ever saw it in like videos 
You, I mean, you get it as part of the story stuff. Really? At one point, yeah. I never even used but it. But I can't even. I can't even get the basic. I can't even do like. I forget the hunting ground trial. I can't get do the tutorial thing for really? it. Really? Like, and finally, I was able to catch it. But like the the second or third thing is like they want you to like every time you catch it, the thing gets more powerful, and they want you to catch it like three times. To, and then like the really third time the story it blows forces up. you to use that at one one point. Really? Ex- except like if you fail, you don't have to complete it or something. Oh, but, I don't like, remember that at all. You, you probably just. Buy <laughs> Finished it, it. And didn't realize it. <laughs> Maybe because it doesn't make you do it. It just gives it to you and says, "Hey, do this." And oh, if you can't okay. do it. You can just switch off it and move on. Oh, like, that's probably what I did. Um, but I'm like, I'm like, I can't. Th- things hit me. But if I'm just standing there trying to catch a waiting ball, for it to, come I'm like, back. yeah, they're gonna hit me. Like, I don't, and yeah. it's it's uh, it's like I see why it was a cool idea, but like almost all the new weapons in that game were dumb. Yeah, like, I, I really, I I wouldn't say I struggled, but it was hard to get through the last act of the game yeah like all i had I, work to do it. i just I, I just need my my sharp shot bow my hunter bow my rope caster and my trip caster that's it and yeah you can, you can take all the rest away yeah it, they waited way too long to let you fly to get around by flying yeah, i'm still in the not game. flying like i'm i'm, I'm like way near it's the like end of the game this world is gigantic why did you wait until the last like two hours to let me fly and now know. we see with the dlc it's all about flying and like i think technically they had issues with the yeah. ps4 and there yeah. are a couple it's frustrating because near the end you start getting areas that are like oh you can't get to this until you can fly mm-hmm. like i've had a quest for almost like 40 hours it's like not until you do the fly thing mm-hmm. until you learn how to fly i'm like why'd you give it to me right then? Like, yeah because as we found out technical issues they yeah. couldn't get it to work on ps4 which is why the dlc you can't play it on ps4 something to keep in mind that comes out tomorrow by the way the first and probably only uh, story dlc for horizon forbidden west i did finish the game i'm not that excited to play the dlc because it was kind of a slog at the end of the game mm-hmm. it took me well, i'm hoping they have new ideas and some new things to to you know match up to a level 50 alloy because you really do kind of steamroll most mm-hmm. stuff oh, at the end of the game i was and... just you couldn't touch and, me. Uh, and I want to see Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, it was fun. It's still fun to see San Francisco in that world, even though it was like, yeah, sure took a long time to get here. You know, <laughs> you know but it's it's cool, and it's, it's, it's nice agree. to see it. There's and a like, novelty for us, because for sure. we live here. Yeah. Um, I do hope they go somewhere else in the next one. I'd like to see, like, Asia, or, like, I, well, I think they... I think well, they then have have to, the, it'll have to be, like, Assassin's Creed. It'll have to right. have, like, boat combat, and, like... Well, I think they have the ability... I mean, I think they do set you up near the end of this to have the ability to travel the world. Um, so By the end of the DLC, you mean? End of the, no, end of the main game. You, you have a you basically have a spaceship in orbit by the end. Yeah, of that. that's right. So I think you could go anywhere, and mm-hmm. like so that opens that up a lot more. And I would like to see what the rest of the world looks like. That whole part of the plot got really convoluted towards the end. Yeah, it <laughs> it uh, they have a lot of ideas. They do, and um, <laughs> a lot of them pay off. They all kind of collide in the last third of the game a little bit. They do. It's, uh, it's not as elegant because like there is an elegance to that story in the first yeah. game and how it reveals itself and mm-hmm. and all that, but like. It's a little more um, ham-fisted. This one's a little more like it's a little. It's hello. <laughs> Luna is just loving you today. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a little more. Um, how are you? Yes. It's a little more uh, like pulp sci-fi. Why are you eating the shirt, John? What are you doing? It's awesome. Uh, yeah, so I was a little disappointed. I still really enjoyed Horizon Forbidden West. I played it for oh, like 50-some yeah, hours. Obviously, I really liked it, but uh, it did close a little weak, I thought. Um, housekeeping stuff. We have a lot of it today. Uh, the first piece of housekeeping, though, has nothing to do with video games, unfortunately. It has to do with me and my health. Um, 
I have a medical procedure slash surgery. I prefer medical procedure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems less invasive. Um, the first week of May, um, I talked about medical this. experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It might be an experience. I actually talked about this months and months ago um, when I had, I'm old now, and I had my first colonoscopy, and they found something uh, that they need to remove. And I have waited all this time uh, for to find a slot with the hospitals here in Los Angeles so I could get in and have the procedure done. And unfortunately, that is scheduled for the first week of May. You may be thinking to yourself, hmm, there's something else really big happening the first week of May. What could it be? And that's Zelda. Zelda releases the first, well... No, it's it's the 12th. My procedure is May 9th. Zelda releases on the 12th. So there there could be some issues there. The other thing, too, is that my doctor told me that it could take me two weeks to recover from this procedure. So I don't know what's going to happen, honestly. I'm just hoping for the best, and I hope it doesn't take two weeks to recover. Uh, Just a heads up. I don't know what's going to happen with Game Face and some other stuff. You know, when I'm down and out after that, I'm just going to have to play it by ear. But as always, I'll be transparent with you guys, and um, I'll let you know what's going on as soon as I know myself what's going on. So just something to keep in mind as the early part of May rolls around. Um, And then to get into some real housekeeping related to video games, uh, this week, Matt, Arcane shared the news that Redfall, Mm. probably the first real big Xbox exclusive after it bought Bethesda, Arcane, all these new studios, is going to only be playable at 30 frames per second on Xbox Series X. At launch. At launch. Yeah, Yeah, they said later on they'll Mm -hmm. issue some kind of a patch, so you're only going to get the quality option at launch. You won't get the performance option at launch. This is not a good look for Xbox. It's not a good look for Arcane. It doesn't surprise me. No. For, with Arcane? No. I mean, I was probably going to get this on PC anyway, but that pretty much sealed the deal. Sealed the deal. Yeah. Although, Arcane games in the past have had horrible shader problems on PC at launch. So, uh, certainly, uh, Dishonored 2 was unplayable when it launched because it would, anytime you ran into a, a room with a certain type of shader, it just chugged it down like five frames a second, mm-hmm. um, even on like a supercomputer like what I had at the time. And so we'll see. But, like, I, I it's. It's a choice. Um, I don't think it's a choice. I don't think they had a choice. But it doesn't make any sense that you would. I mean, it's not like you didn't know what the hardware was. Yeah, it's I don't like get it. You didn't it. know what you were working on. It's not like you didn't know what your targets were. How did? Uh, I don't know how this happens. I mean, I guess it's just not prioritized. Like it's it's not gonna ma- it's not gonna impact sales really to the mass audience if you indeed catch a mass audience with it because Arcane doesn't do that very often. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's 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 disappointing. That's it's not sure. an auspicious beginning to this new era of Xbox, where Microsoft has well, all these new studios and their I'm games. I'm not going to are... judge the era of Xbox by Arcane. I'm, yeah, I'm, I, 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 you know, I, we've talked many times before about how unimpressed I am by most of their stuff. But my hope, though, is that um, now that they were it's just co-joined with Microsoft and they had those resources, that stuff mm-hmm. like this wouldn't happen with Arcane anymore. I don't know if that really tracks, considering who knows what their process would be. And this was in development before, long before that happened. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's this is uh, in some sense Redfall is sort of like leftover data, um, but we'll see. I mean, the the trailers all seem like they're in sixty. They're not the... or the or the the demos they did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. Oh, by the way, we should, as Matt mentioned, PC is not affected. You'll be yeah, able to play it blazing frame rates on PC. So not. if you're a PC player, you're okay. If you're an Xbox player, you're not. 
Yeah, so un- unless How you picky want... are you with this, Matt? I don't the 60 really, versus 30. Really, it doesn't bother me that much. I like, don't really care that much. It's just it's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume it's a thing where it's like, we know we can get it to that point, but it's not worth delaying the game for like two months to do it. Yeah. Because most people don't notice. I'll be honest with you. When I play single-player campaigns... I choose the quality option. I don't choose a performance option. I choose. I look at both and decide how I feel. If I feel like the performance mode is like downgrading it too much visually, I will switch back. But I usually pick the frame rate a little more, and that's partly because of having you know the PC, PC stuff for as long as I've had that does run things well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it also depends. It really depends on the game. Like I think like Forbidden West is fine. It runs at thirty. It's yeah. fine. Uh, it's uh, and I switched to performance for a while, and 60 is good too. Like, it doesn't. It it just it's a matter of preference, really. Yeah, it doesn't really bother me to play games at 30 frames as long as it's as locked. long as it's store. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, store. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> as long as it's uh, solid. Yeah, as if it's, it's locked there, I'm. If fine you're dropping with it. frames, it's 30. Yeah. Then we got a problem. But Seriously, like, generally, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't bother me that much. It's just. It's really just more of a black eye, a perception thing yeah. than... And is it better to have both? Sure, but that's what a PC's for. Yeah. Like, if you have a console, you're going to be making trade-offs, no matter what. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah, typically that is how it works, unfortunately. I that's, mean, that's even in your case... That's the advantage of paying literally thousands of dollars less to play yeah, the same thing. that's the sacrifice you make. And as we mentioned, eventually 60 frames per second is coming to the game. It's just yeah. not going to be there at launch. Although, I feel like we've heard that before, and it seems like it takes longer yeah. than you think for also, that to materialize. Also, what's, what's the release date on this? June something? Yeah. I, I feel like you're going to have other options around that time. Yeah. If you'd rather wait for Redfall to get the 60 patch. Yeah, the next several months are great for You got for Zelda, you yeah. got um, uh, Diablo, you got uh, Fallen, you know... Uh, Survivor, Survivor. Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Uh, there's another big one in June. Street Fighter. Street there's Fighter in tons, June. Yeah. Like, it, there's plenty to choose from if you don't want to jump in for 30 frames per second Redfall. Yeah. I'm just... Which is bad for Redfall, yeah. but like... Whatever. <laughs> I'm just a little surprised. I really... This game doesn't look that demanding to me. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess the particle effects are pretty like yeah, like when you kill the vampires or whatever. Yeah. There's some there's some flourishes. But like in this it. doesn't look all that different from something like Left 4 Dead. No, frankly, it really um, doesn't. I hate to be, keep comparing it to Left 4 Dead, but like that's what it looks like. This is a failing of Arcane. There's really no yeah. way to, other way to look at it. Which is also weird because like the other the other Arcane's other games tend to run pretty smooth. Um, like De- Deathloop ran smooth. Yeah, um, yeah, it was fast. Like they they seem to like they've generally prioritized that that and like it's weird that this would happen now but I don't know yeah I was surprised to get this news but ultimately not that big of a deal um, next up another story that could be considered bad news depending on your perspective mm. um, but we found out this week also that Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been delayed not just delayed though delayed into next year to February second twenty twenty four. This game originally, if you remember, had a trailer that, it, that said it was supposed to release in 2022. That never happened. It's supposed to be next month. Yeah. Then it's supposed to come out next month, and that's not happening. And now it's not coming out mm-hmm. until February 2nd of next year. Groundhog will come out, and if he sees his shadow, it'll get delayed again. <laughs> that is Groundhog Day. Now, they're saying that this is just for polish. Do you believe that? I mean, from a certain point of view, I if do. you had to completely change the game, no, they're not changing the game. I think I think this is mostly stripping out all the all the game as a service stuff. Yeah. Well, my point, what I was getting at, is if you had to make those big changes, then you need to polish it because you've made these huge changes. No, they've already said they're not changing the game. Really? Yeah. It's just for. Yeah, that, do you that believe was, them? 
Yeah. It, <laughs> I don't I mean, know what if are they, I do. What are they going to do? Make a different game? Like that's I all mean, you can as do. far as taking out games as a service stuff and things like that. Like I don't think yeah, they're going to change it that. from being co-op or anything like no, that. No, I think they're stripping it out, stripping out the, the service stuff and the season pass stuff and all that, and then they're going to polish it up into be more of a complete, probably you know, that's what experience. I thought. Yeah. But I mean, there's nothing. It's it's a it's an un uninspired co-op shooter like there's nothing you can do about that yeah like, you can't make it into a superhero game um you've already done what you've done i i mean i <laughs> you've done what you've done i mean i i think <laughs> i think the smarter move would just be let it come out and take your lumps and move on to something better as opposed to you know now we're gonna ha- now it's gonna have been nine years uh-huh. since the last rocksteady game oh man and it's just what's the point anymore? <laughs> i mean all i can i mean figure... i certainly understand why so many rocksteady people seem to have left because it's like how many years you want to give of your life to this thing all like, i can figure is it like rocksteady is just a name now like everyone's left yeah, and the talent's probably. gone and it's just a name and it's just like i mean i feel sorry for the for the devs that are stuck on this thing and having i, I think there was a superman game in development early on. i don't think it's been nine years they've been working yeah. on this oh there's no way it's also why i think years. metropolis is the setting i think they had metropolis already basically built for the spider-man for, or for, for the, the superman, superman game yeah but like even if it, if it started in like i don't know like like 2018 2019 imagine imagine like your job is to look at captain boomerang for half a decade i know man. you know like if you're just rigging that character uh-huh. it's like what a nightmare yep. like, <laughs> and then for this to be the reception and this to happen it's like what a why like well that's also the danger it's of on games. par with just like how warner brothers has run everything recently yeah. but this is like in the last several years but it's like it's just what a waste. Well, that's also the danger of taking forever to develop a game. Yeah, is that ideas that may have made sense when you first start developing the game don't make sense anymore. Yeah, this this game would have made a lot more sense in like 2018. Oh yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have stood out like that. a sore thumb like no. it does now. <laughs> yeah, so it's not looking good. Do you think it's coming out? You think it's really going to come out in February? Do you yeah, think- I, I I think I don't think they can write this off. I Me think either. Too much time and money on it. Yeah, I think they're just going to send it out to die eventually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what else you can do. I, I think either. maybe I mean I don't know. I don't know their internal books, but it's like feels like maybe you should have just sent it out to die in May already. Yeah, and like everybody be talking about Zelda, so everybody be too busy to like to talk about Zelda to like on rag on you too long. <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah, there's you some, got some logic plausible. There. You got some distractions in play. Like you wouldn't have to like really deal with it directly, but in in February, who know next year, who knows what else is coming out? Yep, yeah, it's true. So it might be the big game. I mean, this probably will be one of the bigger games of February of next year. I mean, in terms of marketing push. Yeah. But, like, one of the better games? No. I don't know. But it'll have a window for sure in February that it wouldn't have had even in May, probably. Yeah, I mean, it might be smarter to put it out with no competition because... Because that's what it's going to need to be successful. Pretty much. (laughs) So, anyway... I mean, you you sure as hell don't want to put this up against Zelda. Yeah. If you are uh, looking forward to this game and you're devastated by this news, you definitely have not been watching Game Face. Yeah. And you should probably let Warner Brothers know because they need you. Yeah, they do. They need fans. Um, next up, so we mentioned about a month and a half ago, there were these big departures from um, the studio that has been working on Halo for the last several iterations. And then it kind of stopped, and we wondered if that would be the end. And now we've discovered that that was not the end. In mm. fact, just this week, the studio has lost two of its literally lifelong developers. People who have worked on the Halo franchise for 20 years left the studio this week. The first that was announced anyway um, was the basically the head of creative for the entire Halo franchise. He left to go work at Netflix hmm. to work on a quote-unquote AAA game at Netflix. Mm, yeah. Why would you think 
Netflix is interested in that business. Uh, because they aren't making any money on their streaming service. You really think? Uh, we know. I mean, no, I'm not saying you really think they're not making money, but you really think that they're hoping game development will augment the money they're losing on the streaming I service. I think so. Really? Especially now they're doing, you, they have so many original properties, they could be trying to leverage some of that into something like that. I mean, I would love to play a AAA Narcos game. Yeah, as long as it's not streaming on Netflix only. Right. I would like to play a AAA Stranger Things game. Mm-hmm. I would play a AAA Ozark game. Yeah, I mean, it feels like they're just doing what Amazon did and already failed at. Yeah. But like, not learning the lesson from letting someone else learn a lesson for you yeah um so but, but him leaving is, is is frank right no frank frank's next frank's next <laughs> yeah this is a guy named steve and he, he had been with them for 21 years working mm. with bungie and then the new studio and then as you just hinted at frank o'connor is also leaving the halo yeah, team frank's leaving we don't even know where he's going yet no i'm assuming he has another job lined up he wouldn't just he, leave. I, I mean frank can get a job rummage anywhere He's a great guy um, who knows his stuff. You gotta remember, Frank O'Connor started as a community manager for mm-hmm. Halo. He was one of the industry's first ever community managers. Yeah, certainly the position, one of the first community managers whose name you knew. Yeah, he kind of created the job mm-hmm. for the rest of the industry. Now, almost every game, every publisher, every developer already has a community manager that handles their social media. He was the first, but he was too good to just do that. And he eventually moved into development. And I think he was. I think his title was like creative head or creative director yeah, of it was, Halo. It was a big, he was a big deal. Yeah. If, he, if he's leaving, the ship is on fire. He also worked on the TV show for Paramount Plus. He's yeah. in the TV show from yep. for Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. So he worked on making sure that they handled the license properly for the TV show. He is was kind of the keeper of the Halo canon and Bible yeah, all this he was, time. He was the lore keeper. In, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge, huge loss. We, I interviewed him on Three Night Weekend about, I guess about two years ago it was now. But you can easily go back and find that in, that uh, episode. And he goes through his whole history, how he started. He was even, he was a games journalist too when he first started. Mm. He worked at IGN, I believe. That sounds right. Yeah. So he was one of those people who took an a weird pathway to game development. In all honesty, game development stardom. Like, he was kind of the face of Halo for a really mm-hmm. long time. He's gone. So you have two of these luminaries who have worked on Halo for two decades yep. that have left. Halo without Frank O'Connor and Kiki Wolfkill? I don't really know what Kiki that Kiki had already like. left, yeah, like, a long time already ago. already gone, but it's just, like, just all these names that you just, like, were synonymous with the brand. Yeah. And now, who Is knows? this good or bad? Because, look, neither one of us have been overly enthused with the last no. three Halo games, so... I don't know what you do with Halo anymore. I really don't either, like, Matt. It, I feel like, like... I think I said the last time this stuff came up with Halo, it's like, not everything needs to last forever. That's true. Like, Halo... There's just no, there's just no always need to be a Halo game. It's not like people still make Qbert games. Yeah. Like, just... <laughs> it was of its time, and that's fine. Come yeah, up with something else. Halo... Halo thrived... Because it was, it gave console players what PC players mm-hmm. had been experiencing for a long time, which was a really good competitive first-person mm-hmm. shooter. And it took forever for someone else to figure out how to do it as well or better. Yeah. Like six years. Yeah. But other developers caught up, mm-hmm. and Halo kind of lagged behind, and like... 
I don't even know if it was a case of it being too stagnant because you don't want to go too far away from the source material yeah. that got everyone I, excited no, I, in the first I think place. It's but just, I think Halo is what it is, and you can only take that so far. Yeah. And they tried to mess with it and make it a little more Call of Duty-ish, and people rejected it, but also, like, standard Halo is not interesting enough. Halo 3 kind of ended it perfectly. Yeah, Halo, you didn't need to go past Halo 3, although I think I think Reach and ODST are both great. Yeah, I agree. Um, yep. Those enhance it. But taking the story beyond Halo 3 was a mistake. Um, certainly if, with, while still focusing on Master Chief, because, like, there's no, re like, the driving force is over. It's like making sequels to The Lord of the Rings. Like, nobody yeah. cares. Like, like yeah. it's over. Like, what, and like, now you're just trying to introduce, like, weird new bad guys that don't have the same interest. Like, I think, in, in, like, Halo Infinite tried, and there's something there in that kind of more open world approach to, to the gameplay, but it just doesn't gel. And there's only so many times you can iterate on this stuff before it's time to sort of maybe we should think of something else and maybe that's what's happening and like you're hitting you're not canceling where, halo you don't think do you i mean you might want to let it rest for a while you think they might be killing it for a while putting it on hiatus i maybe like i mean we'll see, i guess some of that probably has to do you know has to do with how the the second season of the tv show goes yeah um most people i know don't even realize that it, it <laughs> the first one happened yeah, yeah like, <laughs> i forgot i watched that until you mentioned it a few weeks ago yeah um this is a very forgettable show um outside of that first episode you're like oh look at the the elites and all the things yeah. and they're all there the novelty and, wore off and then yeah. after that, it's like okay it's then like, you just realize it was a bad tv show yeah it's just like a, a bad like <laughs> re, re, it's basically like reheated like rejected scripts from like the old Battlestar. yeah and it's like no okay yeah, so it feels to like there's something happening behind the scenes with Halo we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. uh, to lose this much talent in a short period of time yeah, is alarming. I don't think there's any reason to get rid of Like, 343 could easily do other stuff. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, it's still a valuable resource. Yeah. Just, they don't have to make Halo all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm sure someone in that building has a new I good idea of something. Or maybe even just a spinoff of Halo, like, ODST was great. Mm-hmm. ODST or two or whatever. Or bring it back to more something, you know. Make a make an RPG or, or like, a, like a like a Bioware style RPG to flesh out some characters, or or do the the first contact stuff mm -hmm. with the with the Covenant and like kind of the outbreak of the war. I mean, I know Halo Wars kind of covers some of that, but like, I don't know if you got to stick with it. I got, you just got to find a different way to do it. I mean, Gears has figured this out better than Halo has, which is crazy because mm -hmm. Gears you'd think would be way more stuck. In a, in a rut with it, but it isn't. It, it is, but it's not. In the They're similar right now. They're, I think even Gears is starting to teeter on that. Oh, I think for sure, but like, I think yeah. Gears is pulling it off better than Halo yeah, does. Yeah, because its games are better. Yeah. Ultimately. Uh, because I would argue that the last Gears is the best Gears ever made. Mm -hmm. I would not say that about Halo Infinite. And that's a big distinction no. between the two franchises right I, now. I mean, I'm, I still think ODST is the best Halo game. Um, I still think it's Halo 3, but... Three, I mean, three. I mean, Halo three. ODST is is a spinoff of three, so it's like one way or the other. You're talking about that era kind of the same thing. and that engine and that iteration mm -hmm. of the game is sort of the, where they the, where that they hit it. That group of people, yeah. that talent pool, yeah. same. And yeah. to be fair, a lot of ODST one of, is partly my favorite because I like the cast and I like the music the most. Yeah. Um, and I think it's I think the the angle on sort of a non superhuman is interesting. Um, like you're doing sort of the grunt work, but it all still matters because you're sort of part of the larger story. Um, I couldn't even tell you what the larger story of Halo is now. Yeah, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you. Someone walked to me and says, what's happening with Master Chief right now? I'd be like, mm -hmm. well, they found him in space. He was frozen again. Somebody rescued him in space. And then a bunch of new enemies attacked him and he won. Like, yeah. 
And there was a shield world, which yeah. is important for reasons I don't remember. Yeah. And then he fought a bunch of terrible enemies. And Cortana's dead, but she's not Cortana's dead, but crazy, she is dead. But she's the bad guy now. <laughs> yeah. But also there's a giant brute guy who's the bad guy. And yeah. he's got a grappling hook. And you, and you run around and find things, and I didn't finish it. I don't know. I, I did, and I don't have any more to also, add. Also, there was so. a whole thing where he was being chased <laughs> by some guy. Yeah. And I don't know what happened to him, because I don't care. Yeah. It's just a bunch of non-memorable people running around doing non-memorable things in environments that look the same as the environments from 2002. Yeah. Just, just higher slightly res. higher yeah. res. It doesn't even look that much better. Let's be honest. How much so. better can Covenant tech look? It was designed to look good in that era. No, you're right. And they never updated it. Yeah. Because what can you? It's all. It's that smooth. Very simple. Simple. Yeah. It's like it needs a reinvention yeah. of of monumental proportion. I mean, you know Maybe what? That's what's happening. You know what? Just reboot it. Yeah. Or just, just let it go away for. Let it go. I mean, let it go away. But if you absolutely feel like you need to have Halo. Reboot it, yeah. Do I, I, and like really go outside the box, make the covenant something weird and different, and and make all the tech really elaborate and and make them like wholly alien. Make them, you know, maybe don't don't you know in Halo Two, you know, I I thought it was a little jarring that suddenly you're cutting to like the prophets and stuff, and they're all just talking English like like mm -hmm. serial villains. I yeah. was like, really? Like we're just gonna <laughs> like one of the interesting things about Halo was that the the, the enemy was so alien. Yeah. The enemy was like, what the hell do these things want? And yeah. what is the disagreement here? No, you're right. Yeah. And as soon as it's like, oh, it's just a bunch of religious weirdos. They talk to speak English. They speak English in the cutscenes. <laughs> Yeah, and make this one elite guy do this really dumb thing yeah. as a pun. It's, it's just I, the, the mystique started to drain out of it almost immediately. Agreed. Yep. And then it only got worse with the last couple of games. And yeah, and that's not. But I'm talking, and even then, I'm talking about like rehabilitating the, the brand and the image and the story and the campaign in terms of like being competitive as a multiplayer game. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't, well, we're going to talk about a multiplayer game in today's show that is trying very hard to do just that, and I'll explain to you why it isn't working. Uh, next, so Hogwarts Legacy, one of my favorite games of the year so far anyway. Um, one of the big complaints that pretty much universally everybody had with the game was, why is there no Kidditch? It's one of the big parts of Harry Potter. Everybody, the game has pretty much everything else related to that IP except for Quidditch. We were like, oh, maybe it'll come in this stealth like DLC launch later on, mm. or no. The they had to make a, well, I said like you, the reason it's not in there is because they would have had to make make a separate game and stick it in the game. And sure and enough, lo and behold, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> Harry Potter Kidditch Champions has been announced. It is, they haven't really said yet whether it's free to play. My guess is it's going to be free to play. Eh, if they're Warner, smart, it will be Brothers. free to play. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it feels custom made for that, but uh, I mean, you still got to pay that license fee. Yeah, it's coming to pretty much every platform, but so far, th the only thing we have is this literally 16 second teaser yeah. trailer. Of one girl playing all the p positions, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, uh, you can go right there at that URL. You can go and sign up for it right now if you want to get in on the beta, so the beta's kicking off soon. My guess is it'll come out before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. um, they're probably strategically getting a little bit of time between Hogwarts Legacy and this, I would guess, so that they're, you know, not trying to, like, get... If it is a game you have to pay for, um, trying to keep people from having to pay for those two games back-to-back -back yeah. like that. And but Presumably, if they do a sequel to Hogwarts Legacy, some version of that will end up in it. Probably. Yeah, it'll be actually baked into the game instead yeah. of a separate game. Uh, but anyway, that answers the question of why would they not put it in the game. That's because they were already mm -hmm. working on a standalone game 
Any interest yeah. in this, Matt? No. Me either. I have no. I mean, I didn't really. I didn't like the EA one back in the day. Yeah. Quidditch is a nonsense game. I didn't com- really complain that much that it wasn't in Hogwarts Legacy. Because I didn't no, really miss it's it. Because like, you know that would have been something you'd have to do. Is I'm, I'm I'm glad I didn't have to pay like play like 14 Quidditch matches. And, exactly. And yep. Fight my way through like dumb AI. And, you know. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I think maybe it was a blessing in disguise. But anyway, it's on the way. My guess is it's coming before the end of the year. Uh, another news. Tidbit, Sega is buying Angry Birds developer Rovio for $776 million. Sega has that kind of money? How? I mean, there's got to be their pachinko machines. Yeah, yeah. But would you pay that much for Rovio? I don't pay that much for anything. For anything. But I mean, if you're a, if you were a publisher and it was your job to, I mean, I don't know what. I mean, Angry Birds is not like Angry Birds is nothing now. But like, it's kind of nothing. What do they have that would be worth that kind of money? So what they've been doing with Angry Birds is just licensing it. So there's Angry Birds, and I don't know if this is true, but for example, Angry Birds Avengers, Angry Birds whatever, like they're slapping IP on mm-hmm. top of the Angry Birds oh, yeah. template. They did Angry Birds Transformers like. Yeah. Nine years ago. And that's something. that seems to be how they're still making their money from the game. The base Angry Birds game is nothing compared yeah. to what well, used to I, One of my, my friend's kids was shocked to learn that Angry Birds was not always a Star Wars game. Oh. Because part two was Star Wars, right? No, it was a spinoff. Part two is as a straight up Angry Birds game. Right. That was Angry Birds 2. You're right. Yeah. It was Angry Birds, Angry Birds, Angry Star, Birds Wars. Star Wars, and then Angry Birds yeah. 2. Yeah. And like, one, I'm like, no, this this is the game with like just the birds. There's no Star Wars stuff. And the kid was like, why? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't Wars know. Star Wars is so much like, better. It yeah, is. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And that's what they found. I mean, I'll play, I, I, like the chat said, I'll play Angry Sega. Yeah, like you're just launching Sega characters. That's as, a as good idea. I mean, birds. honestly, I won't play it. Like I've played Angry Birds enough the, when the first one came out. Like, yeah, I have you, no interest in playing it anymore. You put Fantasy Star and Shinobi in something, I'll at least play it for a day. <laughs> yeah, I'll try it for like five minutes or whatever. But that whole formula of game is worn out as welcome for me, and it has for most people because it's a very simple concept. So to spend seven hundred and seventy-six million dollars for it seems insane to me. I don't care how desperate you are to get the mobile side mm-hmm. of your publishing platform moving, which Sega has struggled with. Let's be honest like it's mobile gaming has been terrible so i get why it's trying to do this i just think it was a terrible i like their match three like sega mashup thing but Mm -hmm. they they killed that yeah yeah so i don't know it feels like sega overpaid to me but it could be a case where there's just rolling in pachinko cash and it's it's, like we got to do something at least it's not 44 billion that's true (laughs) that's a good point uh also this week there was a state of play normally a state of play would be a separate topic inside Game Face, its own dedicated topic. Uh, but it's in the housekeeping this week because it was all for Final Fantasy 16 1, um, which isn't a disqualifier. What's a disqualifier is that it was basically all a repeat of what we had just learned like three weeks ago. Yeah, it was just sort of like to summarize. Pretty much. With Sony branding. Yeah. Like if you didn't go watch Game Face or any of the other podcasts or if you didn't catch the video previews that people made, here is what was in them. And they did get into the um, um, the icon fights a little more, yep. and that kind of thing. There was actually yeah. a good bit of new information in yeah. in this. Um, as Matt mentioned, they talked more about the icon battles. Which don't forget, the icons are the summons in this game. And I don't know why they've decided to change the name and make it confusing for people, but they uh, have. They've changed the name of the summons almost every game. Yeah, they're like eight. They were guardian forces. Oh, you're right. Like, yeah, you're they right. They do that a lot. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, they are called Makes the it look icons. Like they're doing something. But the big change in this is that you can fight them against each other. 
Now, the ones that we saw in the prior preview were just kaiju battles, basically. Mm -hmm. Two giant monsters fighting each other. But they show in this state of play that these battles can be anything. They showed, like, a side-scrolling shooter. Yeah, the, the, the Phoenix versus, uh, I think it was Bahamut, looked basically like Panzer Dragoon. Yeah. It's like a 3D cool. scrolling shooter. Yeah, but they said basically, and I think he said like it'll depend on which icon. Show, right here, it which is perfect timing. Which icon? <laughs> yeah. And like so, it'll change things up depending. And like some are just straight up brawls. Some are like it, it's. Yeah, and they're gonna keep some of that stuff secret till we actually play yeah. the game. It's so an interesting way to do it. It's it's uh, it's ambitious. Yep. Uh, so they announced that. I feel um, better about it now because like I was worried it was gonna be like every once in a while you have to do like a clunky like. Kaiju fight. fighting fighting yeah. game kaiju <laughs> fight. But it's like, oh no, it's like all these different types of games. Okay, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, it was also finally confirmed for good that you in fact only play as Clive. Party members will join you from time to time in fights, but they are 100% controlled by AI. You have no control over them whatsoever. However, you do have some commands that you can issue your dog Torgal, um, and he does fight along your side. Also, will heal you. So he is your one companion throughout the entire game instead of having party members that join up and fight and then you being able to control them. Um, they also previewed Clive's base camp, which is a hub world where you can take or turn in side quests. You can pur pur uh, purchase weapons. You can purchase armor, consumables. You can visit the blacksmith to upgrade the stuff that you have. You can also use something called the Aretta Stone, which is kind of like this training interface that you can go to. So if you get a bunch of new gear and you want to try it out beforehand, you can use the Aretta Stone to do that. But it goes way beyond that. It's like the most intense training thing like ever. Um, you can also check out the side quest and travel straight to them from Clive's base camp, which is cool. So you're like, oh, I haven't completed that side quest yet. You don't have to like venture out and figure out like, oh, crap, like where am I supposed to go? You can just zap there. I feel every game should do this, Matt. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate having to go back and like figure out like where I'm supposed to go to find side quests in games that don't have great um, um, pathfinding. Um, so I think that's a pretty good idea. Um, and then there are also things called mob hunts that you can accept from a Moogle that makes it kind of like a mashup of Monster Hunter and The Witcher. Um, so basically, you go to the Moogle. He's like, you need to go and find this specific creature, kill it, and come back. Um, so you get those contracts. And then you can also, in the base camp, you can visit with two different historians. And you give them information that you've collected through your journey to help them complete their research. So a lot of information on... The icons, a lot of information on base camp. And that was pretty much... And then the rest of the information was all stuff that we had learned in that prior round of previews. So, um, still a ways to go till we get this game. we still got a couple months to go. So, I don't think this is the end. I think we're going to get more previews and more footage and more information on it. Um, they're really... The floodgates have kind of opened on this game at this point. This is now the second chunk of gameplay of 20 minutes or more that they've released yeah. in the last month. And I imagine the demo, there'll be a demo... Like, yep. Of like the first couple hours or something. This game appears to be gigantic. Yeah. Like if you're going to show 40 some minutes of gameplay two months before the game comes out, you're well, pretty well, confident pretty, that the game is a monster. With well, a pretty respectable variety. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Again, I'm excited for this game. I'm like really excited for it. Yeah. I, I like everything I see except the combat. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure, I mean, it might just because there's demo thing. So many enemies in this just look like giant damage sponges. Like, yeah. So much of the stuff they're showing in this is like, he's doing nothing 
to them. Yeah. And, like, that might just be for demo purposes, so, like, they don't die before I can finish all the combo shit they want to show off. Yep. But, like, I really hope it's not. Like, look at that. Like, he's not doing anything. Yeah, like, he's, look, he's just taking, like, a like pixel off the Like, health. he's getting, hitting guys 40 <laughs> times. There's, like, whatever. It's just, like. Oh, I, not even just hitting them 40 times. Hitting them with these crazy oh, attacks. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's just, it just looks dumb. Yeah, I mean, I mean look at their health meters. Like, They're barely happening. moving. Like, yeah. Now something will happen because he's using the super tech. But it's, like. I, that just looks that did nothing. awful. It, like this, you're right. I mean, they do look like damage sponges. Everything but. else looks great. Like the graphics yeah. are amazing. The world looks amazing. I love that. Like they showed a bunch of cutscenes and none of it was fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Like people were like, he meets that girl that he hasn't seen in forever, and they act like human beings instead, instead of some of weird, weird ass anime. anime. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like any other fucking Final Fantasy would be that. But uh-huh. this is the this is the this is the team that did Evilus. This is the team that did 14, and they don't do that shit. They are making a lot of steps in the right direction with this. Yeah, I'm I'm still very very positive and optimistic about this one. It looks like maybe the first Final Fantasy along the lines of what I'd want to see from a fantasy game in forever. Yep. Um maybe since 12, really. Yeah. But like and nothing has that weird like overly smooth ring-based like Final Fantasy 13 tech design. Like everything yeah. looks great in this game. Like, yeah. I I love the look of this and I know it's people are like, "Oh my god, it doesn't look like Final Fantasy." I'm like, "Exactly." Exactly. <laughs> Why people like Finally. this are all into it. Because <laughs> um, it does look a bit, to me at least, it does look like more or less what I think the designs would, would, would you'd want them to look like in like a 3D remake of 6. Yeah, I'd agree. Which is my high watermark for the series. I so. think a lot of people would agree with you on that. Uh, another final thing uh, before we people move. People our age, maybe. Yeah. You get a little younger, all of a sudden Final Fantasy 7 is the yeah. highest work of <laughs> art ever, ever created. <laughs> Um, another thing to keep in mind that was just revealed too at this game, they revealed the ESRB rating for this game. It is a hard M. Mm-hmm. It literally has like six mature descriptors. That's surprising to me. Was was the Final Fantasy VII Remake M? No, I don't think so. I think it was teen. I don't know if any Final Fantasy has ever been rated M. I don't think they it, one ever has been. And this isn't just like it barely made M. It, there's literally five or six descriptors. So there's like violence and blood, partial nudity, use of drugs. I was like, damn. Okay. Again, another reason to be excited about Final Fantasy 16. They're finally making it for adults instead of trying to appeal to the tweens, which I feel Final Fantasy has kind of been stuck in this rut of doing for a really long time. Um, so things are looking good with Final Fantasy 16. Um, and then here's a game, Matt, that I never thought we would ever talk about again. And I'm still not sure that we should be talking about it today, but we're going to anyway. And that is Final, Lawbreakers. Final Fantasy Type Zero was was uh, M. Was it? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't either. Interesting. But most of them are teen, right? Most of them are Type Zero, Stranger of Paradise, because there's a lot of swearing. Yeah. Stupid, stupid That was an M? Game. That was an M. Just for the swearing. Crazy. Yeah, six, and 16. That's it. Three games. Wow. Okay. Um, so anyway, here we are talking about Lawbreakers. Do you remember Lawbreakers? Yeah, as, as Cliffy's attempt at exit. the hero shooter. Yeah, his his exit stage left from game development. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it ended up killing his studio, Boss Key. Well, he cryptically tweeted and posted on Facebook that his lawyer just contacted him about Lawbreakers and that there is news coming soon. Hmm. What do you think that news could be? I don't know. That it's going to come back on Steam or something like that? No. I don't I don't know. And I think Cliffy probably outside of the monetary issue would also agree with me on when I say who cares. <laughs> like, he's doing other shit. He just announced today or yesterday that he's doing today. a comic book. Yeah, he's doing a comic book about a dogs. Mhm. And he loves dogs. He loves dogs. Yeah. They have um 
And his brother writes comics, so all, yeah, all works out. It's a good out. fit. And he loves comics as well. Yeah. So so Cliff is launching a comic very soon. What's happening with Lawbreakers? I don't know. The one thing I know about Lawbreakers is it was way too complicated. For a hero shooter where you're trying to hit like lowest common denominator because you got to get people on board and it's free yeah, it to play. It had a very high skill ceiling. Yeah. like you, It took a long time to get decent at this game. I mean, you can just watch this and see it's absolutely insane like he just overshot the target by mm -hmm. a couple miles with yeah this i mean game. he was making this was being made for people who've basically been playing shooters since like unreal tournament one yeah on pc there just aren't that many of them yeah there aren't that many left that are still into playing games as much as we are so yeah it was a huge flop it killed his studio but it sounds like something is a, is a foot with lawbreakers we should find out here yeah, in the I mean, next the week lawyers so. contacting him probably means it's not anything ex super exciting but Unless the it's like, well, we have the opportunity to put it back up on services or whatever. Yeah, or make it, like, available for, like, you know, I don't know, local hosting. Like, you know, here, it's, there's no support, but you can play it again. Kind yeah. of thing. I don't know. It also had this weird mechanic where you could fly, but you had to be in this, like, semi-invisible dome of influence to fly. Like, it was just had all these weird mechanics. Like, you could shoot people if they are coming up from behind you, but the command was really complicated. It was just... It had lots of cool stuff in it. It was just the execution that was not handled all that well. So we'll see what happens with that. And then the final piece of housekeeping, EA announced a big game this week, Matt. And it's not Madden. It's not FIFA. It's not what you would expect at all. It is a first-person shooter except Magic. Mm. And it's called Immortals of Avium. This game is under development by, we say this a lot, like an all-star. This is really an all-star team of developers. Literally, people who have worked on every like shooter franchise, like every, people who have worked on the Elder Scrolls games. It is basically Call of Duty with magic is what they're trying to build here. Um, I was impressed with this. So the, the story is kind of hard to follow based upon what they've said so far. You're this warrior in this land, and your land comes under attack, and there are these immortals that you need to protect i'm guessing that's who those people were right there and you're a part of the army that needs to protect these immortals that Why do you need to protect immortal things to hold the fabric of time together some crap but like they're that immortal yeah exactly well well everybody else isn't and they're protecting you so obviously you need to protect them so they can continue to Why protect the immortals just fight each other because <laughs> then no one would ever die because they're immortal <laughs> so anyway I think, this, I think there's a metaphor here. <laughs> I think this game looks pretty good, honestly. I was more interested until I realized it was a first-person shooter. Yeah, I mean, um, it was a first-person magic caster. Is what yeah, but it's still a first-person shooter. It's just like, okay, they shoot green glowing things instead of bullets, but it's not... Well, no, it's, that's not exactly true. So, like, some of the magic attacks are different. Like, there's a lasso that you can fire that, mm. that pulls, like... Te like tethers the enemies and pulls them in and then once they get close to you you can do like a big fire explosion spell or whatever so there's there appears to be depth to the gameplay that was not built upon kind of the tenets of first person shooters so it's not just yeah, the shooter i've just i've played hexen i played you know the, the the games like this in the past and they have all been extremely underwhelming this is a very high degree of difficulty they're attempting here um looks good the, the world is interesting but like as soon as it went to a first-person perspective, I'm like, oh, that's too bad. Like, because it looks cool and the character looks all that, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm skeptical. It looks different from every other first-person magic I'm surprised EA's making seen. it. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, I, I get that it's the EA originals or whatever mm -hmm. the hell that means. It's like it's something we didn't base on an IP, I mm -hmm. guess. But like, 
Um, so kudos to them for trying that, but like, I don't know. It's coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is next gen only. No multiplayer. It's only a single player campaign. They said the campaign is around 20 some hours long. Um, which is pretty much right in the sweet spot as far as I'm concerned for a campaign. So I'm kind of excited for this game. a long first-person shooter campaign, though. It, it, that is. You're right. Yep. I'm kind of excited for it. I don't know. I think it looks interesting. I'm always open to trying things where people are trying to make something work that hasn't worked in the past. Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely give it a go. Like the hands, they, I don't think there was a hands-on preview of it. I think they watched yeah, it was just a video. the studio play it. They didn't. The journalists didn't actually get to play it themselves. So there's still some X factors there. As far as how it feels, watching the footage though, it looks different than other first-person magic casters. The pace and the ability to combo your spells and things like that—it looks a little different. So I'm pretty excited for it. Um, they did not announce a release date for it yet, though. But it's summer. It's this summer, so it's coming soon. That's what they said. Wow, that's what I read. We'll see, because <laughs> that's like two months away. Which we'll see. So again, that game is called Immortals of Avium. And it's coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. Yeah, I thought I thought they said something a July date or something. Oh, really? I thought there I was. missed that somehow. I wasn't. I don't know. I, my in my head, it, I'm, it's saying July, but I don't know where I got that from. Okay, uh, let's check in with you guys. See what you guys are up to today. How you're doing? Um, let's see. Let me scroll up here and see if I missed any Twitch Prime, which I very well might have. I want to make sure I thank anybody who's done that today. Get all the way back up to the top. A lot of you guys have done it already. July 20th, Vincent says. Okay. Um, El Guapo3385, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome, man. Thank you very much. Um, Again, we're getting towards the end of the month. So, Um, Yakov must not have been watching our streams lately. He's asking where the lower third is. He's not used to the housekeeping stuff at the beginning of the show. Um, I think that's it for Twitch Prime. Um, Swan Senpai. By the time Soapy Slide Squad comes out, these kind of games will be even more less favored. What is that? Soapy Suicide, Sli- oh, suicide su- Squad, because Twitch won't let you say suicide. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. These kind of games will be even less favored. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's already like yesterday's news. What's going to happen in a year from now? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mike's Q, is it only on Xbox or on Series X or S, or is it on One X and base Xbox One? Is he asking about Redfall? Yeah. I think it's, it's only next gen. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not coming out for Xbox One. It's only for Xbox Series X and S. So I guess I know what he's getting at there. He's like maybe it's holding it back, kind of like with uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, this is only for uh, for next gen. So and PC. Uh, I think that's that's it. Only a couple of you had Twitch Prime because I know a lot of you guys already have done it for this month. But if you haven't, jump in there and do it now. Uh, what else we got going on in chat here? I keep forgetting that Amazon did games. Yeah, I mean, Amazon is still making games, believe it or not. Like, they've actually had a couple hits here. New World was kind of a hit. New World did okay. And then what was the, um, isometric RPG? It was called, um, ah. Big hit. Yeah, it did. He was huge. I can't remember the name of it, though. Someone else. I I was being sarcastic. I don't remember what the hell that was. No, it was a big hit. Lost World or something. Something like that. Lost something. Lost Kingdom. Lost. That was the card game on game, Yeah, it's game something Cube. like that. Um, uh, ODS, or Justin Horman, ODST is my favorite Halo campaign. A Lost lot of people Ark. agree with you. Lost Ark, that's it. Yep. Yeah, it was a huge hit. I don't know if it's still doing well, but it did really well. Um, and I think that's it. 
There's a movie with Angry Birds. Yep. There's a movie oh, yeah. for everything. <laughs> it was a movie for emojis. Yeah, it's not called Angry Birds anymore on Android. Really? No. I wonder what they call it now. Mm. You would think that IP, Birds of Rage, maybe? Red's First Flight. Huh. That's a really bad idea. Changing it from Angry Birds. I mean, it's a pretty recognizable IP there. Um, you know, the Emoji movie gave us uh, Jordan Peele as a director. That was his first movie he directed? No, it's why he became a director. Oh. Because he was looking for, trying to get roles and auditioning, and they, they offered him the role of the poop emoji. And he was like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think like, he told this He's story. like, I got to think about this. And the next morning, he he's like, You know what? A job's a job. And he called him, and they're like, Well, Patrick Stewart already took the role. And he's like, I just lost the role of a pile of shit to Patrick Stewart. I don't want to be an actor anymore. <laughs> so he focused on writing and directing, and we got one of the best horror directors of all time. Yeah. I just watched Nope. It was good. Yeah. Uh, Delfino 109, Final Fantasy 16 is God of War now, and I dig that. Yeah, I don't know if I go that far. I'm going to wait until I actually play it, but you're right. I mean, yeah, it's that, definitely... The combat doesn't look as impactful as God of War at all. Like, the, the thing I like about a good combat system like God of War is that when you hit things, it fe you feel it. Yeah. And there's way too much no-selling happening yeah. in the Final Fantasy 16 footage. It's just like, you're just hacking away at these things. And like, a lot Johnny of Hurricane, things... why are these trash mobs lasting for exactly. 15 minutes? I was exactly yeah. about to say, like, these look like just <laughs> random fights with random mobs, and I'm like, I don't want to spend 10 minutes and it's getting through a random fight with wolves, people. Like, I, yeah. I don't want to do that. Eve Demon, Final Fantasy XIV should have an M rating if you play past the base game. I would not know. I haven't played yeah, it. I haven't, I haven't done that, but I, I hear, I've heard things. Justin Horman thinks that Radical Heights is what did Boss Key in, but I don't, it wasn't. No, no. Radical Heights was a last-ditch attempt. To yeah, look, hey, they're say, already see, done. Look at the other thing we're doing. Yeah. It's like, I mean, they shut down, like, a week after they put Radical Heights yeah. in. Yeah. I still have Radical Heights sitting there on my fucking Steam list, and I can't get rid of it. Yeah. Um, Justin Horman, Ball Breakers wasn't bad from what I played at the Alpha. You know, it no, wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was just too complicated. Um, okay. It was an expert level... Uh, uh, I forgot the name for that subgenre. The what? I forgot the name of the subgenre. For what? Like the big... Hundred person battle royale. Uh -oh. It was like a, it was a, it was an expert level mm -hmm. character shooter battle yep. royale thing. Vincent reminds us that EA Originals is basically EA publishing something that it didn't develop. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is a very weird way to name that. When yeah, you think about it. Yeah. Um, Kevin Roth, I hope you will go forward with the idea of, re of visiting old reviews, which you talked about in Ask Shane Anything. Yeah, so I mentioned in Ask Shane Anything in last week's episode that um, I'm thinking about doing a new series where, because I've been reviewing games now for twenty. 23, 26 years. That's insane. That I go back and look at old reviews that I wrote and play the game now and see if I was mm. insane or not back then. I'd have to figure out the structure and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But if there's enough positive uh, feedback about that, that is something that I will pursue. So let me know if that's something. I that saw you're a thing on a on a board game channel that I thought we we might be able to use during slow times, like we had this, which they were using instead of high low or no, in, in, <laughs> a, kind of in addition, in addition to. to but um, they were using it for similar reasons because it is a quiet time in that industry too. But basically, they both were. There's two. The two. They basically would pull out uh, one star. In this case, it was Board Game Geek reviews, but for us, it'd probably be Amazon mm -hmm. one star reviews of games, and they'd read the one star review. One of them would read one star to read the other, and the other had to guess what game it was. Mm. And That's it was actually a, really. I like entertaining. that. That's a cool idea. 
And, like, and they were picking like very well regarded games, and it's like so you had to guess what the game was based on like the basically the stupid reasons this person hated the game, <laughs> and it was actually very funny. Yeah, that's it clever. Was, I like that. That's a good idea. So next time we're slow, send me a text and remind me about that like the day before yeah. when I'm working on the rundown, and we'll make it happen. That's a great idea. Um, okay, we're ready to kick off Game Face 339, but before that, here's a word from our awesome sponsor. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass, and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. LS Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com. That's creamls.com. Seeing the drinks in that ad always makes me thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> Every time, I'm like, I would love to pound that drink right now. They look like Disneyland drinks. Especially, yeah, especially the ones with the ice cream in them. Mm-hmm. Yum. So anyway, <laughs> go make yourself a drink with LS cream that looks that awesome, and I'll be envious of you. So check it out at creamls.com. There's a store locator there. The history of LS cream is there, so you can learn about the product. Um, as I say every week, it is made by a sifter, by a gamer. Support your fellow gamers. Go to creamls.com and get yourself a bottle. And with that... It's time to kick off Game Phase 339 proper. We're going to kick things off with, you guessed it, the final trailer for The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. The game comes out, as I said earlier, on May 12th. So we have only, Matt, about three weeks to go Mm -hmm. until we're playing the new Zelda. Actually, probably a little bit less when it's really said and done. Um, Are you getting excited at this point? Nah. No, or... I'm curious. I don't think excited is the word. Yeah. Um, I was amused by the fact that, like, part of the thing with the trailer is, like, where is Zelda? We have to find Zelda kind of thing. And people online, like, because the ground map is the same, they matched up the background of those shots to where the the map is in Breath of the Wild. It said, oh, she's just behind the Temple of Time on the Grand Plateau. <laughs> they figured out where like, she is. <laughs> 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 wow. Well, that solves that problem, doesn't it? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. This trailer, though, okay, so we're like three weeks out. This is what Nintendo is saying is the final trailer. I do think we'll get a launch trailer, my guess. I mean, every game has a launch trailer. So Probably, yeah. I do think there will be one more. But I do think this is like the final big dump of information that we're going to get before Zelda goes out, comes out. So You're just starting to see commercials, so... You saw a commercial for Zelda? I heard there were. I oh, really? Saw, I don't actually watch TV. With yeah, me either. Much, but. but I haven't seen one like on YouTube or watching sports. I, I want to say there yet. was one before the Mario movie. Oh, really? Which makes sense. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that either. Um, so we're like three weeks away. This is one of the biggest games ever released, and this is the final trailer, and it is filled with hints. So I'm guessing you guys have seen this trailer already. It's done like 20 million views or something absurd on YouTube. You guys have all watched this. However. Matt and I, we are going to go frame by frame. We are going to stop the trailer and point out all the little cool stuff that some people have figured out. Some people don't know what it is. We want to work with you guys to see if you guys have an idea what some of this stuff is because Matt and I don't know it all. So we're going to go. We're going to do stop, 
motion with this trailer using the TriCaster, and we're gonna point out all the cool stuff that's in this because there is a ton. So I'm gonna to put my TriCaster skills to the test here, and we'll see how it goes. Um, okay, so things kick off, he's falling from the sky. Now, one thing you gotta realize here when he first starts, when he starts falling is there are these weird, like, patterns all through this trailer. There are, they're like, um, there's a word for them inside the Zelda world. They're called, I have it in my notes here, just one second. Um, glyph patterns. So you, when he's falling from the sky at the beginning, there's like an overlay of these glyph patterns in the trailer, and they reappear multiple times through the trailer. What do you think that might be a hint at, Matt? Um, or do you think it's just an artistic thing? They're just. I, th I think they're just making the fans jump through hoops at this point. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like I don't even know what you're talking about. Are they like subliminal? Like yeah, you can hardly see them. It's just I. It's. That's just driving engagement. Like, trailers do that now. And not even just video games. Like, it's like, oh, there's a little weird ARG in this thing. And it's just like, okay, if you find it, there's go, it takes you to some website. And it's just like, bah. I don't know. Like, I... Like, I'm curious what's in this game, but, like, none of this is particularly exciting to me. Like, okay. Like, it just... The idea that anyone wants to spend time staring at this trailer to find glyphs in it is ridiculous to me. Like, it, <laughs> it's Zelda, man. Who cares? It's just it's the <laughs> it's same. It's the biggest franchise. Well, no, Pokemon, Mario are bigger, but like, it's just to our audience, it's the biggest franchise. <sighs> so here, one of those robot this is things. Such an unexciting game to me. I can't. I the 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 nuts and bolts aspect of this game just blew this thing out the back of the theater for me. I just don't want to do that. I'm still excited. I really hope that you can minimize how much you do. Like there's like more traditional ways to get around things because the the that the the nuts and bolts vehicle building and the we gave up and you can just burrow through the ceiling thing. It yeah. just I I agree don't that's like that at all. <laughs> I just, agree it's a cheap tactic. But there's a lot in this trailer. I'm hoping I can change your mind before we get done here. First up, here's one of those creatures trying to chop down a tree. Why? They gotta do something. But no, <laughs> they gotta but wait around for he's, to So show we up. talked about those yellow trees before in the sky, mm. and they have some significance. There is one of the enemies trying to chop it down. So I don't know if there's some like deforestation thing going on. Well, it looks like pr presumably they're dying because they're in the air and there's no there's water. water. Soil. Like, I mean, that's <laughs> they're magical trees, Matt. <laughs> uh, here comes Link falling down from the sky. Really, just these shots. You can just see how many land masses there are in the sky yeah there's it's interesting that people are complaining that they reuse the hyrule map because it really feels like they took the hyrule map and then just built a whole other map on top of it with the sky stuff yeah which doesn't seem like a lazy thing to me not just above if we'll get to in a minute below it mm -hmm. looks like there is a lot below the surface of hyrule um but anyway i, I think say if i was going to be doing that all the time i'd probably put actual pants on <laughs> I think they put this shot in this trailer to show you how many, like, sky islands there are. Yeah. Just to show you that, like, it's not just this. There are the glyphs. There are some. See it there on the top left? Mm-hmm. Those are, if you pay attention, that stuff is scattered all the way through this trailer. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just to, like, give it the Zelda flair or whatever, or if there's something significant to it. I don't know. But I did notice it looking at it. Well, do you think those are in the trailer, or that's just on the ground? That just looks like part of the ground. Oh, you think so? Yeah, that looks like... That wasn't like an overlay in the video? I don't think so. That looks like it's something on the ground. Interesting. Wouldn't surprise me if you can see glyphs like that from the air, and they're you know, basically saying, like, hey, come explore here, kind of thing. Huh. 
Because it looks that looks like one of the like the the great beasts or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's how you know where there's like maybe big things to look for. It's possible. Um, this town in Breath of the Wild was dead. Now it's turned into this thriving metropolis. What's it called? Coal. I can't remember what it's called. Something with a K. I think. I don't know. Coal. Yeah. Coca-Clay or some crap like that. Kokiri, Coca-Cola, <laughs> Coca-Cola. One of those nonsense words. They but use. in Breath of the Wild, this town looked nothing like this. So this is set what five years after Breath of the Wild, I think. Something like that. So there, you can see in some of these scenes that time has passed and things have changed in these areas from when we played Breath of the Wild. They've all been thriving. Someone figured out how concrete works. Here's a base camp. Something that was not in Breath of the Wild as well. No one's quite figured out what the base camps do. But my guess is, if you're nowhere near a town, maybe you can set one of these up when you're out traveling. And this would be awesome, by the way, because it would fix a major problem I had with Breath of the Wild, where you get way out in the middle of nowhere with no way to get back quickly. Um, and no way to get back to do things that you need to do back at a town. So if you could just put up a little camp, and it gives you a lot of the options that you would normally have in a town, I think that would be awesome. And that would be a good they, fix for a big open world. They could world. be replacements for the towers. Could be. As well, because I, I doubt they're going to make you do that again. Yep. Probably. Um, all right, let's keep moving. Um, there's a shrine. Is that a shrine down on the ground there? Looks like it. So it's, it's I. A, it's a little hut that's probably bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Yeah. So. I had wondered if the shrines would go away um, in this and be replaced with something else. It looks like the shrines are back. And it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be real dungeons, it just means that the shrines are going to be there. And I'm not sure. Or they're the entrance to the underworld stuff. That could be possible. Um, I don't know what that circular thing, that stone formation is above it there. I mean, that looks like some kind of remnant of that giant laser thing you were using. It does, in, yeah. In the previous game. Yeah, it does. Uh, but it does look like shrines are back. And of course, the climbing and the stamina meter back are back as well, which I am not happy about. Um, what's in this shot? Let me think. I don't think there's anything significant here. Just yeah, the... It's just, it's just running in a big area. Yeah. There's something back behind that cloud, but... And then what's with... There's some major event that happens. This, this is this, how Zelda is lost, right? This looks to me like the the sky world separating from the ground. Like, I'm sure there's some big cataclysm. They're falling, though. Yeah, because I think they're falling off the pieces that are rising into the air. Oh, interesting. Okay. But it feels like this is what happens that makes Zelda go away. Yeah, I think this is the cataclysm at the beginning. The, of the event. Game. And here is the very beginning is Ganondorf. Today, Polygon published an article. It's uh, curated to sifted right now. that explains the difference between Ganon and Ganondorf, which a lot of people don't know. This is Ganondorf. And they cut away from him before he turns around there. But then later on. Now, this shot, this is from the very first trailer before we even knew it was called Tears of the Kingdom. Except they show a little bit more of it this time. And then, what do you think about this? So, it, do you think... There's the glyph again. See yeah. it? Yeah, I think that's just on the rock. On the top right there? Yeah. You think let that's it, just on the rock? Let it roll. Yeah, that's on the mountain. Is it? It's yeah. just like drawn under the mountain? Yeah, there's like a glyph on the mountain. Interesting. Okay. Still something to pay attention to. How about these sky ships? Little skies of Arcadia here. Do you think you might get one of those yourself that you can pilot instead of having to build some contraption to fly around all the time? Mm, I'm thinking that's probably where all your friends hang out. That, you, that's like a 
I'm sure it'll be part of things, but that, that looks to me like where you, as you gather your allies, that's their boat. Do you think you could call them in and they show up, they fly in on the boat and like, no? no? I think that's just how they get to the final battle. Oh. That would be my bit. Oh, interesting. Because I think they've put so much work into like how you levitate yourself and blocks and so I don't think they're going to give you something that... Because there's that other flying. I think you're going to give you something that convenient, frankly. Yeah. Because there's that other flying contraption we'll see here in a minute. This like almost like a glider that's made out of stone. Mm-hmm. Which explain the physics of that to me. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Magic. But interesting, nevertheless, that this big pirate ship is flying through the sky provides a lot of opportunities for different things. This brand new ability where you can jump into water and then traverse the water. This reminds me a little bit of what we were just talking about, how you can go up through the rock instead of having to, like, mm-hmm. climb the rock. You can just teleport through the rock. Now you can just kind of teleport through, like, water bo- bodies of water. What do you think's happening here? You got to come up with something new after 30 years. <laughs> and here is some, like, it's hard to see because Link is so small there. Let me go back. He's Mission Impossible, ain't it? Harry? He's got like he's he looks like an owl or something. He's dressed in like a bird suit. You see yeah. it? Yeah, he's got like a bird suit or like some kind of like kimono kind of. Looking yeah, thing. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Maybe people. Um, Run Nightwing thirty six. He's asking, can Link speak? No, then he's not gonna talk. I don't know. He won't talk. I think it's fifty fifty. I think it's zero. I think it would be he's, a bad mistake. He's not gonna talk. <laughs> He's not gonna. We've already seen cut scenes in from even the little footage they've released, where like Zelda and that other guy are talking, and then like Link just goes, mm. "Yeah, Link's never gonna talk." Yeah, that's probably for the best. They, the only time he really talked was in that cartoon, and that didn't help anybody. Well, he talked. He had the flappy jaw in uh, Skyward Sword. Um. Oh yeah, in text. Yeah. yeah. But like, it looked terrible. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Uh, here's a typical Zelda puzzle. Think this is in a dungeon? doesn't look like it no yeah i don't either we'll get it it's weird that if there are dungeons they haven't said hey there are dungeons i'd agree with that although there is a hint here in a minute that maybe they're trying to drop we'll see here's just a new Mm. another glider shot this look ahead there it's like the rank and file farmers fighting Mm. with you on your side yeah, I'm a, I, considering the existence of the settlements, I'm going to guess there's some kind of like thing where the settlements can get attacked. Yeah, and, yep, you, have to help and you have to defend the settlements, and it appears that the settlers actually come out and fight with you with, on your side. Again, this shot goes so fast in this trailer, you would if you don't go frame by frame, you wouldn't even catch it because Link hides them. But you can see them there on the right hand side. They're pushing like something. Mm. I don't know what it is. Well, the other thing to note is that I don't think he has his like weird arm thing there yet. I can't quite. That's a good see point, it. actually. It so I'm, guess, like he I'm actually going to guess this is an early beginning of the game thing, and this is not a gameplay mechanic they're showing. This is just the situation at the beginning. Okay. So you don't think that they really do fight alongside you? You no. think it's just I a think, cinematic? I think, I, think the, I don't think it's necessarily cinematic. You might play it, but I think this is a special situation. I don't think this is a recurring thing. Notice his horse has horseshoes. Finally. <laughs> Final um, civilization in this place. New race. Mm-hmm. Never seen in Zelda before. Goats. People are saying that they think it's... I have it in my notes here somewhere. The Zonai. Mm. Um, I don't know what that is. Are they... He was, they were that? mentioned in Breath of the Wild, but they weren't really a part of the game all mm. that much. Um, but yeah, people are people don't really know 
um, what race it is, but they a lot of people are assuming that that might be it because, again, they mentioned him in the prior game and didn't really utilize him inside the game. Nevertheless, a brand new race to the Legend of Zelda franchise. And not much to mention here in this stuff, just some boss stuff. Obviously preparing for a boss fight there. Now we start getting into some of the Zelda stuff. Matt, one thing I will say, and this is where somebody, a disembodied voice says, you know, we, we need to rely on Link. Link is going to save us. But it also shows her handling the Master Sword in these mm -hmm. cutscenes, which, and this isn't the only, that isn't the only hint, but there are hints all the way through this, Matt, that what we've been talking about, playable Zelda, is probably a thing. It seems likely. Um, there's like three or four hints in this that suggest that. Now look up in the sky there, that big glyph almost up in the sky. I don't even know what, what that's supposed to be. So there's not just like these pieces of land that have ripped out of Hyrule and went up to the sky. There's also these other weird things up there that God knows what they're used for or what purpose they serve. Uh, let's stop here. Oh, this is this is the stone bird I was talking about. Like, why would they give him a pirate ship if you're going to have this? And I, I don't know if this is like something the game gives you or you have to build it yourself. I don't know. That looks too compli com complicated for that. It's probably just something you... I'm guessing it's something you, you use or, or take from one particular location to another story-driven early on before mm -hmm. you have the ability to fuse things properly. Yeah. What is that? It's like the Death Star in the sky. That also has glyphs all over it. Mm -hmm. But who knows what that is? Also, is that a new glider there? Um, I mean, it's more elaborate than the other one. Yeah, that's it wasn't in Breath of the Wild, that glider. I'm sure, they, I'm sure you can customize the glider. Or it's an upgrade, maybe. Yeah. It, do, it seems to do the same thing, though. Yep, it seems to, at least in that shot. Um, that's a new ability there. Here... So that horse and buggy was built by the player. Mm. And you can tell because it has the green attach points on it. So Nintendo built that. And then what are you, what are you doing? Is there like a crazy taxi element to this where you taxi people around Hyrule? Like, what is going on there? Uh, that or a, an escort mission, everyone's favorite. Where you have, maybe you have to save people yeah, and then you build the cart and then attach it to yeah, the well could That very well could be the, the mission, like the... the little quest that teaches you how to do that mm -hmm. yeah it could be like you're right the first quest it teaches you how to use the building mechanic mm -hmm. that's true uh but you can tell the wheels and like where the horse is lashed onto it those little green areas that is that shows you that that was built and it's not just something that was in the world here link uses the recall ability i think it's called yeah the time reverse to thing. reverse an attack on an enemy and that's what Zelda's all about. So they give you this tool that you think is for one thing, but at least that's what Zelda's about since Breath of the Wild, anyway. They give you this tool, you think it's for one thing, and then you actually go out into the world and start yeah. using it, and you realize it has all these other uses that you can use it for. Yeah, other, before Breath of the Wild, Zelda tools are very much for one thing. Yep. But yeah. now, it's changed. There's zero gravity. Not zero, but low gravity, which I don't know why it's happening there, but it doesn't happen in the rest of the sky... Probably for the green, or maybe he's got certain... Here's a nod to Resident Evil 4. Here is a minecart battle. Well, I think that's more of a nod to Temple of Doom, but... <laughs> it, well, I mean, I just came off playing Resident Evil 4 and just right. did this. So the first thing that I thought of was, like, that's Resident Evil 4. But again, this isn't something that you would have found in Breath of the Wild. There wasn't stuff like mm -hmm. this in Breath of the Those Wild. Those are also made things. Yeah. Oh, are they? 
Yeah, because the green thing is oh, a I didn't notice that on the backs of the minecarts. I didn't even notice that. Yep, so you're that, right. That fucker stole your minecart. Yeah, <laughs> he may have. Yep. Um, and then this. This is discouraging to me, Matt. <laughs> Yes, yes, it is. And you probably know why, but other people may not. It's very dismaying to see an Xbox in a Nintendo game. <laughs> that's not what I was getting at, but that's a funny joke. This, to me, shows that the building thing is going to be a big component of the game. Mm. And it's going to be, you're going to have to battle other people's contraptions and fight them. I have no interest in doing this in a Zelda game at all. No. I, know I have no interest in doing it in Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. I have no, I'm not a Minecraft fan. I'm, I don't li typically like those types of games at all. And it does look that at least some of the mission objectives are going to require that you build very specific, because that's a, I mean, look, he's got like a gun on the mm. side of his Xbox there. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look super complicated. Clearly, he's made a box and stuck some things on it, like mm -hmm. a troll on the top, but like. Still, I don't want to do is it. Not, no, that is not <laughs> of any interest to me <laughs> I have, whatsoever. I have no interest in that at all, but it does look like it's going to be a big part of the game. you know it would be cooler if I was like driving something that was actually designed by the Zelda team that right. was really cool. because they're better at it. Yeah. We're actually going to get to this. If I was driving something as cool as the thing he's fighting. Yeah. Or even like there's another game we're going to talk about in today's episode that has a building mechanic in it, and it sh it clearly demonstrates the problem with placing this stuff in the hands of the player instead of the people who are professionals at making video games. But we'll get to that. Like I understand why they're leaning so hard into the toy aspect of this because it was the thing that you know really, went viral. It went viral with with, with yeah. the first one, but it's like. Oh boy! Like that was not really of interest to me as a Zelda game anyway. And now, like this they're is doubling down. Mechanic, I'm just ugh. it's turning me off for sure. Here's the first look at an alternate costume. Also, Epona has armor. Um, so this, obviously, costumes were kind of a big thing in Breath of the Wild. It looks like that is going to continue in Tears of the Kingdom. Look at that horse armor, mm -hmm. <laughs> and hopefully, it's free. <laughs> Does he have? Uh... What's on his head? I don't know. What is that? It's like a red gem coming out of his head there. I didn't even notice oh, that. No, that's on the edge end of the arrow. I mean, on the, what's oh, on it's his, a fire arrow. Yeah. Well, what's on his? What's on Link's head? Helmet of some kind with horns. Yeah. Yeah. That horse armor is badass. Um, and then here's a little contraption that you shoot with a normal arrow, and it spins around and fires lasers. I don't know if you're going to end up using these to take out enemies. I don't know if those lasers are even dangerous. I'm guessing they are. But it could Probably. be cool, a cool mechanic if you find these around the environment and you need to use them strategically to take out, like, huge, like, swaths of enemies. It could be a pretty cool mechanic. Um, here's some boss stuff. Here's some more Zelda stuff. What's that? A tear of the kingdom. That's what it is, right? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yep. it looks like a tear. We wonder where the name came from. She's the princess of the kingdom. And so my guess is you need to collect yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, odds That's... are you're not collecting Korok poop anymore. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. And as Johnny Hurricane's pointing out, it's got a glyph on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that is the Tear of the Kingdom. And you're gonna those are precious items that you're going to be collecting throughout the course of the game. Yeah, it's probably, probably what the Triforce became or something. Maybe. It's quite possible. Um, not sure what's going on there. Yeah, just Ganon doing Ganon stuff. Yeah. I guess probably the beginning when everything goes to hell and then he's summoning all his monsters and he tries to take over Link, but Link it can't be taken over, but his arm can be because we've seen Princess Mononoke. It looks like he is taken over. I mean, he turns into Ganon. No, I, I think that's something else. That, is that, it? That's, a, that's an editing The trick. way it's edited together, yeah, it's that's really trick. bad. 
for sure. Like they, well, no, it's, it's, they're trying to. You think they're you. trying to fool people? Yeah, that's oh. intentional. That's definitely intentional. I'm sure that doesn't play out that way in the actual game. Hmm. It does look like whatever he, Ganon does there uh, fucks up the Master Sword, though. Mm. Like that seems to be how they get the Master Sword away from you at the beginning of the game. Huh. Boss fight. That boss has been shown in a bunch of trailers for this already. Run. Splatoon is coming. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. This guy's name. Oh, I can't remember. It's like Tunic or Tunel or something. Tulin? Tulin. He was in Breath of the Wild. He played a minor role. He pops up in this trailer like three different times. So my guess is he's going to play a much bigger role. Yeah, I mean, presumably you got to do the gather the allies from each race thing again. And Cause, and we'll get to that because there is a shot here in the trailer later that mm. basically says yes. Make That's exactly friends. what you're going to be doing. <laughs> yep. Um, so anyway, it looks like Tulin is going to be a big part of the plot this time. He says something to Link here in this scene before he dives down. Um, and then, wait, who is that? Uh, I'm sure she's from the, uh, what you call it, the Fire Tribe or the whatever the, the Ganondorf Tribe are. It's Zelda, isn't it? No, that's not Zelda. I think it is. Zelda in blackface? I don't think so. In what? That's She's got very dark skin. I think that's Zelda. It's not Zelda. I think that's you play as her, and this is one of her forms that you can play as. It has her... I think she, all her stuff. It's not a Zelda. It's a different face. It could be Zelda, her older. Zelda doesn't have a nose like that. She no, does you're right. A, she does have the a nose. Does the, look different. She does have a tear of the kingdom, but I think that's what you're collecting from all your different allies. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Doesn't is that Zelda's jewelry? No, no. I mean, if it is, I mean, it might be similar jewelry because I think everybody who has one of those tears is probably using a similar. I mean, whoever gave everybody the necklaces with the tears, they're all from the same maker, probably. Mm. But that is not Zelda. Okay, we'll see, won't we? Um, what's next? I don't know what's going on here. Um, that looks like. Uh, what is it? The, the one of the other bird people, a little bit. Or is that a Gerudo? It looks like a Gerudo to me. Based on the sword, too, it looks like a Gerudo. Yeah. She does a Simtar. But I'm not sure. And then this shot. This is the shot I was talking about. You're talking about gathering all your allies. Mm-hmm. There they are. And I like how some of it's like who's, makeshift. Who's, like Who's the Wish.com Link on the, on the left, I wonder? I don't know. That dude looks a lot like Link. Yeah, I agree. With, and you got to do with the with the bucket on his head for a helmet. Like it feels well, like vill- villagers represent. Yeah, yeah, it feels like some of your allies are going to be these ramshackle. Yeah. There's, there's uh, what's your name, Imp- Impa? Is yeah, that name? I think. And the the son of the the Goron. Yep. Gorok. Yeah, yeah. I recognize some of that. Looks like your little army that you're going to go into battle with. And then yeah, here, that's, that's the the hot fish guy. Everybody, yeah. Likes. But you're teaming up with him. You're fighting. Mm-hmm. He's fighting alongside you here. So there's some definitely some cooperative elements here in the mm-hmm. game beyond kind of the the outpost stuff that we talked about at the beginning of the trailer. Where we saw like the rank and file people like fighting. This is more yeah. If there's definitive. Maybe, there might be some kind of stronghold thing where you have to attack strongholds. You maybe pick somebody to come with you, or mm-hmm. it might be a big story based mission where everybody's involved. Yep. Um, running into battle. There is the Gleok, which has been in a trailer before, and the Gleok have been has been in Zelda for forever. 
If you're a fan, you're well aware of that enemy. And wasn't this... That the, wasn't that the, technically kind of the first boss in Zelda history? Yep. And then this scene, these final scenes with Zelda, more hints that she's playable. Um, at the end of this, um, she says, Link, you must find me. Well, you're right behind the Temple of Time. Yeah, we all we, we already know. We know where you are. <laughs> well, you think we didn't play the first one? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And then that's pretty much the end of the trailer. My question after seeing this, my kind of big question after watching this and going frame by frame with it, is, is this game split into two parts? You play as Link... You play as Zelda, and then you jump back and forth, kind of like how you time-traveled in Ocarina of Time, where there was kind of like these two separate games where you played as Young Link and Adult Link. Now, maybe there's two separate games, one where you're playing as Zelda and one where you're playing as Link. I don't think so. No? If, if you play as Zelda, I'm guessing it's going to be more like playing as uh, Siri in Witcher 3. Okay. Because one thing that I don't think they would do is take all your stuff away from you. Because you build Link up and you get all his ability. I mean, I guess you could transfer them all to Zelda, mm-hmm. but like that seems very contrived. Yeah, um, I feel like people are not going to want to give up their Link uh, for the sake of a plot twist. So you think it'll they'll just take turns? Basically, you'll play yeah. Zelda for a bit, if, then you'll if, jump if to that. play as Link. Like I, don't, I, I'm iffy on whether Zelda will be playable. I think. It would, oh, really? I thought that was one of your big strong points. I thought Before. it would be early on. I thought like one of the no-brainers of where to go next with this would be have Zelda be a co-op character. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like they didn't. I don't do think that. it's co-op. I no, think you not at all. play separately. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think so at all. No, do you, you don't think you play Zelda. In this? I think they'd mention that. I think they talk about it. I mean, let's be honest. If this is truly the last trailer, there's a lot that they aren't mentioning. Like a lot. I'm not sure there are there is. Oh, I also forgot. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff in the world to go poke around at. I also like, forgot. The I am show. pretty much at the point. I don't think there's a playable Zelda. I don't think there's dungeons. I don't think any of that's in there. I think they would have said something. Also, I forgot to. I I missed it somehow. Oh, that was it. Perfect timing, actually. That. So people are saying if there are dungeons, there's the dungeon. I don't. I don't think that's a dungeon. I think that's just an underground area. So I think that's probably where that minecart thing happens, but I don't think that's a dungeon. So there was a the first TV commercial for this game leaked, and we had it up. It's funny we had it up on Sifted, and like nobody had it anywhere, and none of you guys watched it. <laughs> Literally nobody watched it. Like I went and this found it and got what... it, uploaded it to YouTube, assuming that YouTube was gonna like copy strike it out the butt. I put it up so you guys could watch it until YouTube took it down. They never took it down, and you guys never watched it. That's because nobody can tell what's new footage from this game anymore. And it's new footage. It's all the same. Yeah. All it's the same. The TV commercial has new footage in it with hints in it and stuff. And you guys didn't watch it. I don't know why. Um, but one of the things that's in that is there's a shot of him underground, and people were able to see the coordinates of where he is underground. And he's like five miles underground like he is farther underground than the islands are up in the sky Hmm. so it appears that there's this huge network of stuff underground Hmm. i mean my guess is that basically you would he whatever takes him underground like is a big elevator kind of thing and you go way down maybe you room to build the the underground area i wonder how much how how healthy is that ability to teleport through rock like is there a limit mm-hmm. 
Or if you're a mile below ground, can you still teleport up to the surface? I imagine that's only for local use. That's what I, I figured. I don't think you could go up through the ceiling there. I mean, that's probably why there's high ceilings in that area. In that shot there. Yeah. 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 Anyway. It's a weird thing. It's almost like the, it's like giving you a debug tool almost. A little it's bit. very strange. It is weird. Yeah. So anyway, that trailer loaded with stuff. Um, but that's it. That's all we're going to get. Again, I think we'll get a launch trailer, but I think it's just going to be one of those emotional trailers with shots of Zelda and Link, Link riding the horse, Zelda reaching out for Link. I think it's going to be that kind of type of crap. I don't yeah. think it's going to actually have a lot of meat to it. No, I think it'll just be the same stuff we've already seen recut yeah. into a trailer. Yeah. So now that we've gone through all this shot by shot, your has your excitement or anything changed at all? No. No? I mean... It didn't get worse, but like I mean, that was the job of the last thing. Showed, <laughs> yeah. showed all the weird constructing crap and all the stuff um, that we hoped that was going to be gone that wasn't gone. Yeah, it just I mean, you know, I I like Breath of the Wild, didn't love it, and this just looks like more of the same with a little more annoyance added, and yeah. it doesn't look like they've addressed the things that bothered me about the first one. Which I agree no, with that. There's no no dungeons and weapon durability, so I'm still holding out for dungeons, man. I just feel like they can't make this game without them. Like it I was think- the one thing that everybody complained about everybody yeah but nintendo doesn't respond to criticism that way oh man that would be such a huge mistake (laughs) it would just be monumental the way they approach what they're showing here i guarantee you that the dungeon idea just would have felt too constraint too much of a constraint to them maybe it would require you to go in a certain order or expect you to have this and this and that when you go in this one because the dungeons always build on each other like once you have one ability, you can go to this other dungeon and figure that out. And I think you could have done something where you made it more like the first Zelda game, where like you know the, you could wander into almost all the dungeons in the first Zelda with uh, completely unprepared, and the and the dungeon did not give a shit that you were gonna, just gonna like get. Stuck well, you could do that in Breath of the Wild. You could fly straight to Ganon. You could fight the end boss once you build a contraption. Right. You could start the game and fight the end boss immediately. Right. But at a certain point, you have to be like, okay, either you need to have the equipment to do, get to the end of the game, mm-hmm. or you can do anything you want and adding dungeons is going to make you make a choice on that. And I mm-hmm. think they probably chickened out on it. Here's something else that makes me believe that there are dungeons, the bosses that are in that trailer. So think about breath of the wild. How many boss fights were there? Not too many, but I think they're in the open world. I think they're things that I think that might even be what those glyphs are. Hmm. Like, like sig- locate, signifiers locate for bosses. For like a boss. Interesting. And probably it's not just like, oh, land and fight a boss. It's probably got to do something to sort of activate trigger it or, it or unlock it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe you won't know what it is until you get certain certain distance in the story. Or whatever. My guess is that you cannot just fly to the end boss in this one. And That'd be my guess, the too. Game immediately. I mean, that was a neat trick in the first one, but like you've seen it already. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you think back to Breath of the Wild, like... The only you just fought like different versions of Ganon. Like there weren't really bosses in the yeah. game. There were like little I mean, mini bosses out in the open world. But yeah, and you, there were bosses in the in the the great beasts or the, right. whatever the in the little the the mini dungeon. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, you fought a tough guy in one of the shrines, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but not nothing like that. Like there was a lot more. There's more bosses in this trailer than there was in the first game. For yeah. Sure. So that's leading me um, a little bit in that direction that there might be. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Like, we just don't know. We're just trying to do the best we can. I just don't think any of the bosses in in that tra- in those trailers indicate a dungeon. Because almost all of them take place in the open, in an open air. It did look like they were open in an open air. Yeah. Yeah. So you may be right. But we'll see. Um, it gives me at least a little bit of hope. 
Um, let's see what you guys are saying about this trailer. Again, it's the last one for a Zelda. We've been waiting. We've been waiting almost seven years by the time we finally get this game for the sequel. Who do they think they are? Rocksteady? Yeah. Uh, the Abrams says a bunch of enemies from the leaked art book weren't shown in this trailer. Speaking of the art book, by the way, we mentioned it last week. Nintendo is trying to put the person in jail who leaked the art book. Yeah, well, they got the guy that was pirating <laughs> Nintendo stuff got out of jail this week and said that uh, Nintendo has garnished their wages for the rest of their life. Like they basically, yeah, it's, it's, he's gonna lose thirty percent of his pay for the rest of his life. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna pirate, then uh, Janderman, nineteen seventy eight. That is some Victorian era debtors prison bullshit. No, I agree. That is ridiculous. I agree. Like people get off for like murder better than that. It's, <laughs> Fair, it's ridiculous. Pharaoh doll, the twist. The tears are Korok poop. <laughs> I mean, I haven't. I didn't rule that out. That might be what they became. Yeah, Janderman. Thank you for subscribing. By the way, that's awesome, man. Um, it's a rupee. Is it? Was he talking about the arrow? When on the end, yeah, on the end of the arrow. Yeah. yeah, but I think it was actually just a fire arrow. Look at a fire gem of some kind. Yep. Erebus says, given how freeform the building skill looks, how many phallic cars? Phallic? Yeah, exactly. Oh, the first people, thing. I mean, you got to remember that most of the people playing this are like twelve to like seventeen year old boys. What's the first no, thing most, they're going to build? Well, no, and a lot of them are thirty to forty year old boys <laughs> who are still twelve. <laughs> And the first thing I'm going to do is build a rolling dick. Touche. Yep. Um, let's see. Okay. We're getting back into other stuff here. Um, she has Zelda's ears. Yeah. She's yeah, but so does Link. Yeah. Like, that's just what those, that, those characters look like. Um, she started tanning. Got crispy for the summer. <laughs> that's what Vortex Complex says. <laughs> um, Emperor Dread says, that, yeah, the one character was a Gerudo. Crazy Bolt. Thank you for Twitch Prime, man. That's awesome. Um, the Abram, I don't think Zelda's playable. They would announce that. Why would they announce that? Because it's a reason to jump into the game. I don't think they it's need reasons new. for people to jump into this game. Yeah, but it's something new that hasn't been in another Zelda game except for like you know minor things. I, mean, I guess that 3DO game. Yeah. Which I I heard a rumor that they're gonna put those out again. Those three D those terrible 3DO games. People saying no dungeons. Yeah, they are. They're re-releasing those. Um, Eric Carmenez and Pot F2, both no dungeons, no dungeons. And I guess you're just guessing that, right? You haven't seen something that we haven't seen. Um, well, I mean, they wouldn't be able to see no dungeons. That's <laughs> well, I mean, and maybe there was a leak or something nah. that I just haven't seen yet. That happens because no, I, once I start prepping for the show, man, if, I go into like burrow mode. Like the fact <laughs> that no dungeons was leaked, like that's all the internet would be talking you're about. You're right. right. That's now. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like the gravity should kill him at five miles underground. You mean uh, the pressure? Yeah. Pressure, maybe, or just, like, there's nothing to breathe down there. Gravity does Because Zelda's so realistic. <laughs> yeah, I don't... He's already skydiving with a fucking wooden... I mean, it reminds me of, of using the, the, you know, like, what Aloy uses, like, the, the salvage thing to glide around. I'm like, you really trust that thing, jumping off mountains with it, hanging uh, on by your bare hands. Oh, they're saying the CDI games was an April Fool's joke. That's oh. a really dumb April Fool's joke. Um, Eric Carmenez, you're guessing. Okay, that's what I figured. Just wanted to make sure because you just never know. Again, like when I, I would have been shocked if they ever let those CDI games see the light of day again. So. Yeah, because they were so terrible. Um, but Zelda was playable. Yeah, in one of them. Yeah, that's true. So there you go. That's probably all we're gonna get on Tears of the Kingdom until release day. Until we talk about it here on Game Face after Matt and I have actually played it. Hopefully that's enough to hold you guys over for the next like three ish weeks. Um, the, I think the wait's going to be pretty excruciating. I am really excited for it, despite some of the misgivings I have about Breath of the Wild and the fact that they haven't doesn't appear that they've changed those for this game. There's that. There's the fact that it's still on the Switch, so I'm, I'm waiting to load it up and be like, oh, this 
play it at it's just 22 frames 22 a second. Fr- yeah, like, yeah. But on the next system, <laughs> look how good it runs. Yeah. I mean, that could be part of the plan for sure. With exclusive dungeon DLC. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck you. Like, yeah, if they, yeah. <laughs> that would be the worst. <laughs> if they built dungeons that they were DLC only, mm-hmm. and you went to some weird area where there was just dungeons or whatever. I, that's you're right though. That's like something Nintendo would do, yeah. and think it was being clever or something. Yep. Yeah, it's funny. Um, <laughs> In a sense, all of our wages are garnished yeah. by Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, there you go. That's the last information we're going to get for the Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom until launch day on May 12th. All right. Next up get my rundown here we're going to talk about that shooter that i mentioned while talking about zelda um this is not the game i was talking about where i said you build stuff that's coming later um but i've been playing a shooter from ubisoft called x defiant it is in beta right now i don't know if you guys remember this game when it was first pitched it was supposed to be like it had the tom clancy name on it and it was supposed to be Tom Clancy's X Defiant. And it was supposed to be a mashup of all the Tom Clancy games into one shooter. Well, Ubisoft felt like that was too limiting. So it decided to remove the Tom Clancy name from it. So it could bring in more properties that it that it supports beyond the Tom Clancy stuff. So They realized they could never satisfy the End War fans. Yeah. <laughs> and what that really means is they wanted to put Watch Dogs in this game. Because mm-hmm. that's really, as of right now, the one property that is that is in this that isn't related to yeah. Tom Clancy. The big draw. Yeah. The one that flopped, honestly. Um, but it does give them breadth to, you know, this is a free-to-play game. So they need to be able to keep releasing characters that they can sell people to make it profitable. So I can understand why they want to give themselves as much leeway as possible to make sure... who could resist Aiden Pierce and his iconic hat? (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest with you, Matt, having played this for the last several days, like, the the connective tissue between this shooter and the actual properties is very tenuous. So there are five different classes, basically, in this, and the classes are the franchises, for the most part. Um... This is kind of, I guess the best way I could describe this in a sentence is it's like Ubisoft's Smash Brothers, except it's a shooter instead of a, a, a brawler. Um, so each class of Ubisoft's characters has their own abilities. There's two for each faction. And they also have their own ultimate. So as far as the factions are concerned, there's a faction from the Division called the Cleaners, and they use fire-based attacks. There is a class from Ghost Recon called the Phantoms, and they have mostly defensive capabilities. There's a faction from Far Cry 6, very specific. See, this is where we're getting into, if you go back through all the Far Cries, there is a limitless amount of characters that you can bring into this game just from Far Cry. And then I don't know if they're going to think about bringing in stuff like Assassin's Creed. Like, that's where it starts to get dicey, and it doesn't make sense, but... they can... Rayman or nothing. Yeah, I mean, seriously, though, I mean, they have a breadth of characters that they can ultimately bring into this. Beyond Good and Evil 2. Like, yeah. Like, bring in, bring in the monkey and the pig and Jade and <laughs> call it a day. <laughs> uh, from Far Cry 6, the faction is called Libertad, and they use healing mm-hmm. items. Um, the faction from Splinter Cell is called Echelon, and surprise, surprise, they are stealth-based. And then finally, Watch Dogs, their crew is called DeadSec, again, surprise, surprise, and no big surprise if they use technology and things like that. Um, in the beta is huge. It is still open right now. It's running until like the 23rd. You can go apply and try to get in if you want, but Ubisoft sent me a beta code, so I was able to get in. And it has 14 maps in the beta. 
I don't know if the game's going to have more, the final game, but there's 14 of them, and they're all over the place, and most of them are pretty awesome. Now, I'll say this, like, again, the connective tissue between the maps and the Ubisoft franchises are really hard. So, for example, DeadSec is actually from Watch Dogs 2 in this. So, there's one map that's set in Brooklyn, but then that could also be from The Division. Like, it's hard to tell a lot of times, like, what maps are supposed to be attached to which of Ubisoft's properties. But the bottom line is the maps are gigantic and interesting. My big complaint about the maps is that it's hard to figure out the flow of enemies, like where they're going to come from, which direction they're coming. You get shot in the back a lot in this because there's one map that's in like a paintball arena and it's just this big huge room with no real pathways there's just objects that you can run around so literally you can get attacked from any direction and the one thing to keep in mind about this game is this is not like a team deathmatch style game or anything like that this is all about capture and hold modes all of them the only modes in the beta there's four different modes all four of them are capture and hold modes. Now, they're, they're different kind of permutations. Like, there's escort, which is Overwatch style, where you escort, like, a robot from one spot to the next. One team escorts the robot. The other team tries to stop the robot. Again, very much like Overwatch. There's zone control, where you, where you attack and defend multiple capture zones at the same time. There's the traditional domination, which you know if you've played any shooter, you know how domination works. Those are static zones, three static zones that you attack or defend at will. And then Occupy has just one single zone that moves around the map. And those are the modes that you play. There's no team deathmatch, none of that kind of stuff, none of traditional shooter stuff. It's all capture and hold team-based mechanics. There's 12 players per match. Before each match, they present you with two different maps. You can vote on them. I don't know why every shooter doesn't do that. Like, Call of Duty goes back and forth on that. One game will let you vote on maps. The next one won't. I, it's stupid. I don't know why they remove it. You should always have at least some semblance of control over a map, if you ask me. Um, but in this one, you can choose from one of two, which is better than none. There's 24 different weapons in the beta. I don't know if that's, again, I don't know if that's going to be the final number. But they check all the stereotypes. There's shotguns. Assault rifles, bolt action rifles, SMGs, sniper rifles, pretty much all the stuff that you would expect. And then there's 44 different attachments to be used across all those weapons. And one thing that is different with this versus Call of Duty is that the attachments are universal and work on pretty much all the guns. Whereas with Call of Duty, if you pick a specific gun, there are some attachments that will never attach to that gun. It does have pretty much the same, in Call of Duty, they call it Pick 10. In this, I think there's eight things you can attach to each gun, but it does have the Pick 8 system where you can only attach so many things to it, and then if you get to the point where you have your all the attachments you can attach, you have to make some hard decisions on which ones you want to get rid of. Um, again, very much like Call of Duty. Um, you can switch your loadouts on the fly. Not only can you switch which loadout you choose, you can edit the loadout during the match. Again, a lot of shooters don't do that. You have to like change your loadouts between matches, and a lot of times you can choose between them, but you Man, can't. There's not catching on to what you're doing here. Oh yeah, I'm hiding. <laughs> this is the logic though behind these these type of modes though. It's like you figure out the pathways that they're going to be coming, and then you sit there and you mow them down until they figure it out. So um, I had trouble doing that in this game because this is one exception. This map has like this area a bunch of pathways, and then another big open area. And so you can always figure if I spawn on this end, they're coming from the other end. So this was one exception. For the most part, though, 
the maps are not like this. They're just these big, open, sprawling areas where it's really hard to figure out like where the other team might be spawning from and coming from. Um, so as I said, the, um, the whole pick 10 system is in the game, and you can switch your loadouts on the fly. You can also swap the class that you want on the fly in between deaths. So you're not locked into something when you start a match on this. I like that. I feel like a lot of shooters should have that ability. Call of Duty doesn't always have that. Here's a big thing, though, Matt. There is no aim assist in this game. None. I don't know why they decided to take it out, but I'll tell you what. If people playing on PC, wreck shop in this game. Every single game at the end, the leaderboard, top five, all PC players. I don't know why Ubisoft has decided against an aim assist for console players, but it is an interesting question, you know? Mm-hmm. How much aim assist you give the console players so that they're ultimately on equal footing with PC players when you're playing in crossplay. What's happening right now is not working. So they need to add some semblance of an aim assist because, again, console players finish at the bottom of the leaderboard every single time. PC players finish like 45 and 4. It's just it's crazy how fast that they can scope you in. I'll be honest with you. When I first started playing this, I couldn't even get a kill, Matt. It took me probably four hours of playing it and unlocking enough stuff before I could compete. Like, I could not find a... It felt like my bullets were in, not there. Like, I would shoot somebody, and they would lose, like, no health. And then finally, I figured out a combination with the AK-47 that you're seeing right now with a 4X scope, and then my five other, or my seven other pick sevens. I found a gun that actually did damage and killed enemies. And then I was fine. But I played this for four hours before I could find a gun combo where I felt like I was competitive. So... I don't know what's going on with this game. It's, part of it might have been there's no aim assist. It doesn't help. Um, but as you can see, once I got a gun that actually did damage, I did fine. So I don't know what's going on with the aiming in this. I don't know the crossplay stuff. It's still not... Again, this is beta. This is why they do this stuff. To see, oh, wow, PC players are winning every match. So we need to do something to help the console players. That's all the data that they're getting from this. That's what they use to make decisions like that. So I think... Ultimately, when the game is finished, that stuff should be ironed out. I'm just telling you what I played. Um, so, no aim assist. The haptic feedback is terrible on the dual sense. Like, the guns feel like you're not even shooting anything. That's another art of game development that some developers can, are good at and some just aren't. Mm-hmm. I don't know why some can't do it, but like the, the dual sense in this felt trash. Either didn't feel like you were shooting a gun at all or it had these weird kind of hitch points while you were firing. Like, it was so almost non-noticeable that I didn't turn it off because every shooter I play, I turn off the haptic stuff because it's like so good that it becomes distracting and you can't play as well. But in this, I hardly even noticed it. So I never even turned it off, which is just kind of an interesting anecdote. Um, There's no prone in the game, so you can't lay down. That drives me crazy. Again, I have no idea why any shooter does that, particularly if it's zone control. It's like if it's zone control, I should be able to lay down and camp to defend the capture point. Instead, again, in conjunction with the maps that let people come from any direction, you can see it on this map. Enemies come from every direction. So in conjunction with that, not being able to lay down, like you, you never feel safe in this game. Maybe that's the intention. Maybe some people like that. I don't like it. I like being able to go prone and be sneaky and be able to hide and like defend. Like I would like to be at the top of that stairway right there and lay there and look at the capture zone and wait for people to come in and attack them and defend the zone. But it's just really hard to do it. You just really can't do it in this game. And I was disappointed in that. Um, there's no kill streaks. 
There are, it'll say you're on a kill streak if you're on one, but there's no rewards. You don't get like these crazy things that you can do or specials or whatever. Now each character does have a special. You can see in the bottom of the middle there. Um, this character, I have a, a proximity mine on the right. I have like a crazy like fire blast on the left. And then the ultimate is, I believe this is the cleaner. So my ultimate is a uh, flamethrower. Um, the ultimates in this aren't that flashy. Um, like one of the cleaners, like the, you get this weird little bot that like will shoot and fire. It looks kind of crappy. Like you guys are seeing the B-roll. Like the game looks okay and it moves really fast. Mm -hmm. It plays, it's pegged at like 60 frames per second on PS5 and it runs really good, but it's not really a looker. At least I don't think so. The lighting no. just looks really flat in, in it to me. Um, mantling, not great. It works, but it's very weird and kind of hitchy. Like in Call of Duty, it feels like this very fluid thing where you really feel like you've got the momentum and you're bounding over top of objects. In this, it's this weird, like, hitchy process. of It just doesn't flow. That's definitely something that they could work on big time um, when they go back to the drawing board with the information that they're getting from this beta. And then finally, this is going to be a free-to-play game, and this is a beta, but they did have kind of a makeshift battle pass in the beta. It had like 10 things you could unlock or whatever. And I don't know if it's going to be indicative of what the final game is going to be like. But if it is, the battle pass in this is slow AF. Now I'll say this. The rewards were okay um, as far as like motivation. Like, oh, I want that. So I want to keep playing so I can unlock that. That part of it was okay. But it literally, I don't know. I probably played four or five hours before I went to level two in this game in the battle pass. So... That's something that they could tweak easily, is how quickly you go through the battle pass. Well, depending. Like, if they can't create enough awards, then maybe they do have to keep it at a slower pace. I don't know. Um, but it could be for a reason. The matches are really long. Like, you can see up there. Look at the score. Yeah. And there's still four minutes to go! <laughs> like, the matches are really long. Again, they're six on six, and I think that's right for the map sizes. Um I never really found that I wasn't in conflict. In fact, the problem was, like, you're always in conflict because the enemies are coming from, like, every direction. Like, look at this map. There's no way to know where an enemy's going to come from. So you get shot in the back all the time. Um, so I would say I enjoyed this, but I think, you know, we talked about a Ubisoft game about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, called Hyperscape. And it was... Also a free-to-play shooter, Ubisoft's attempt at a free-to-play game, a game as a service that can keep generating revenue for years to come. And it actually was something unique and different. It had a lot of verticality. Remember, you could like go all the way to the top of skyscrapers yeah. and like this is just very generic. This is like Ubisoft's Call of Duty with Tom Clancy characters. It feels like Call of Duty. The speed of the gameplay feels like Call of Duty. The pick system to set up your weapons feels like Call of Duty. The amount of time in between matches is very fast like Call of Duty. Um, it really feels like this is their attempt to take on Warzone. Hmm. And Warzone wipes the floor with this game. There's no vehicles in this. Warzone has helicopters and like literally like 30 vehicles that you can pilot while you play. And I get this is the beginning, this is the start, this is them hoping to get a foot in the door and they can build on this and make it better as time goes on. But you are so far behind the curve. I mean, it's not like the people who make Warzone aren't going to keep piling the options onto Warzone as time goes on. So, I don't know. I, Ubisoft, it just can't, it, Matt, it just feels like it can't figure it out. It can't figure out the free-to-play stuff. Why? What do you think they could do with this game to make it more of a success? Well, they could go back in time and not make it. 
Well, don't then don't, it wouldn't be a success for sure. I don't understand what if it would have saved some money. It could have made something that somebody actually wanted to play. Like, I don't understand what the point of any of it is. They already have a free-to-play shooter that's doing fine uh, in Rainbow Six Siege. But that's a very specific type of game. Yeah, but that's because it found a niche that it, that it could dominate. Uh, that's true. As opposed to trying to take over the niche. Well, it's not a niche. It's the mainstream shooter. It can be like... Why are you trying to beat Call of Duty? Maybe Ubisoft's perspective on this is if we can even get 10% of that Call of Duty, then we have something that's profitable at least and can generate. Because, man, Ubisoft's on the ropes, Matt. It is yeah. on the ropes. Like, And they can't get all this other stuff out. I can't get Assassin's Creed out on time. It can't get Beyond Good and Evil off the ground, but it can get this made? Like, yeah. Okay, great. This is like, made by their San Francisco studio, actually. Hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, look, it's... A solid game, technically yeah. and everything. I mean, it's I, after, well made and after like getting you know hammered for the previous games is certainly like the the roller derby game yeah. and the other. It's like oh, you guys don't want interesting or different. Like here, here, there's nothing interesting or different about this one. Like, <laughs> there you go. Have fun, yeah. And the other thing I should mention too is you may have noticed that like um, so again I'm still playing as the division here and. If you notice, sometimes when I shoot enemies, they catch on fire. So some yeah. your so your ammo will have like elemental things that are related to the property that you're playing as. But generally, for the most part, like other than seeing someone who looks like Sam Fisher run by, when you're actually in combat, you're not why like why isn't that the the super move for that squad? Like, they just call in Sam Fisher and kill a guy, right? Like why? Like like he he wouldn't it be awesome if Sam Fisher like. Just came out of the. He just came down in a parachute out of the sky. Yeah. Whoever you're aiming at, he just jumps. He, he just jumps out he of the. Just sky. Suddenly appears behind him and cuts his <laughs> throat. And, 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 and like you hear Michael Ironside say some like mean thing, and yeah. that's the end of it. Like, like, I mean, again, Ubisoft should have called the Duck Consulting Agency because yeah. we could have made this game better. I guarantee it. I mean, there's a bunch of things you could do. I mean, talk to Nintendo. See if you can put a Mario team in here mm-hmm. with their with their. Uh, their you know laser guns well it is called x defiant now it's not called like tom clancy or ubisoft or whatever that's an incredibly terrible name yeah it is i don't even know what that name's supposed to mean well people are also confused on whether it's you actually pronounce it x defiant or cross defiant Mm. because the x in front of it is lowercase right so people i think it's actually x defiant but uh, people are wondering so you're to your point about they're it's both not nonsense. a great name like, like it's both nonsense people don't know how to pronounce it is probably not a good sign that you have a great name that you've settled on there so um i did have fun playing this and i'm not going to go into some of the issues i had because it's a beta like when i first started playing like it took forever to get games but they issued a patch out of nowhere and then suddenly i could get into games just like butter like and that's when I really started getting into it and understanding its nuances and what it's trying to do and things like that. So, look, I did have fun playing it, but, like, I got done and I was just like, okay, I guess I'll go back and play Modern Warfare 2 now because it has so many more features. Um, way more modes, way more options, way more weapons, way more attachments, way more maps, way more everything. UB Shooting is a better name for this than X Defiant. Yeah. Like anything. The lower third? Yeah, anything. <laughs> You be shooting. <laughs> Maybe they'll change. And change it to that, and they could make the check payable to the duck consulting firm. They'll <laughs> take their payment. Um, but anyway, there's no solid release date for this yet, but obviously it's in beta right now. So the game's coming out before the end of the year. Um, provided they don't decide at the last minute they also need to make some crazy drastic change to it, which they might, depending on the feedback that they get from this. So. Again, I did have fun playing it. It's a solid game and well-made. The craftsmanship is there. I just think it's too low on features right now. And 
it's starting at zero when there's all these other games that are at level 10 already and it's at mm-hmm. level one so there's it's nothing compelling about the properties involved to get people to be patient about that because they have in my opinion they haven't incorporated them well enough like it just when you mm-hmm. play it you don't feel like you're playing Smash Brothers Ubisoft shooter. No, you're just playing. It's like if it's like if Smash Brothers was just like all like the third tier enemies yeah. from Nintendo games. It's like finally you can play a Waddle D and a Goomba against each other. It's like who yeah. cares? Is this a bunch of random nobodies? Yeah, there's three different characters for each class, so from each game. So from Far Cry Six, there's three different characters from it, but they all basically do the same thing. Um, but they are cosmetically a little different. But like for example. Like, the Splinter Cell characters, they all just look like Sam Fisher. Mm-hmm. Like, they all basically look the same. There's one that's a girl that doesn't have the mask on, so she looks different. Like, there's not a lot of variety when you get into each individual game yeah. and the three characters. And, like, where's, you the, the, where's the personality from those games? Like, why, where's the... Where's For example, the... you came up with a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Why isn't stuff like that in the game? Where's the Chihuahua with You the... came up with that like that, man. Where's the Chihuahua with the wheelchair from right. Far Cry 6? Why right? Isn't, why isn't he Why isn't he a special thing? attack? Yeah. Like, you should be able to, like, use him and, like, send him out, like, as a little, yeah. like, seeker drone or whatever, mm-hmm. where he drops a bomb and attaches it to someone's leg or pees on his leg. Like, we're coming up with better ideas on the fly right now here on Game Face. hmm That's crazy. That's crazy. So... I don't know. I'm not gonna. I don't think it's gonna be another hyperscape. I think it will get some traction, provided they don't make drastic changes and it ends up being what I played. I think it will get some traction, but and I don't think it'll fail like hyperscape and be gone in a year's time. But they have a lot of work to do, and that's the problem with like trying to get in on this stuff late. Is that your competitors, if they found a successful game, they've been building on that for years. Like, how do you take on Apex Legends at this point? Like, you really no. can't. There's no taking it on. Like. How do you take on Warzone at this point? You really can't. So Ubisoft is kind of in a tough situation where it's like you got to start somewhere. Mm. But when starting somewhere means that you're in fifth place or whatever, like, is that going to sustain the game? Are they going to stick with it? Where's the gap there? Like, where's the, you know, it's like taking on PUBG. Okay, we're AAA companies and we can get production values that PUBG could never match. Yeah. How do you take on Fortnite? Well, Fortnite is a very specific art style, with a very specific target with a very specific feel. And we can go more, you know, more like military, more serious. But like we can do that, but like, th- like now what? Like mm-hmm. that was it. Like that was the battle royale. You've got the th- basically the three pillars of battle royale is jank ass original, <laughs> uh, cartoony kids version, and military. serious military. Yeah. And what is this doing what's that's different one? from those? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And what's left? Nothing. I mean, maybe they should have had stuff like Ezio in there. Yeah, it would have made it more interesting. Like firing bolts or something. Yeah. Like figure out some way to make because it would then there's something I mean, to talk about. I mean, you throw in like a little bit of that. I mean, maybe if instead of instead of five Tom Clancy factions, you put in three, and then one of them is Beyond Good and Evil. One of them is Assassin's Creed, and then and one is Splinter Cell. One is Splinter Cell, yeah. and you got a division, and you got a Rainbow Six, and you Fine. bring them on later because they're more military. And Far Cry, yeah. Far Cry is not a bad idea. Mix Far Cry is great. You think about like Joseph Appleseed or whatever the hell his name was. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's the one I'd like to shoot in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they can do, like, weird drug abilities yeah, and things. Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. They could do some weird thing where they shower you with powder and, like, you go crazy for, like, yeah. I mean, there's stuff you can do. But all of a sudden, you like, why all, are we the ones coming up with the good ideas? All of a sudden, it? you don't know whether the markers for friend and foe are accurate right. anymore. Right. Like I mean, most shooters don't have team damage anymore, but mm-hmm. you get But in this case, you would for yeah. a few minutes. Yeah, for, for just a couple seconds. minutes. Yeah, it'd be cool. So, anyway... As Matt and I are demonstrating, there's a possibility to make this stuff work, but what's in there right now is not working especially well. 
Um, Vincent says, meanwhile, COD is launching a free multiplayer week tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this beta is closed, by the way. Like, you can apply and get in, um, but most people probably aren't going to get in. And so it's not like a thing that everyone's talking about right now. Um, maybe they'll do an open beta eventually, and then that will kind of happen. Uh, but right now, it's pretty much just like really hardcore UB fans, and the press mm. is playing it. So what if the team was just the Just Dance silhouettes. Yeah. Like, Seriously, though, the, you're right. Though, like now that they've dropped Tom Clancy, they can do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like they can do fun stuff. Swan Senpai says your idea would take too much effort. Like that's what it takes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it takes effort to succeed in you wanna, anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right, but also like if you want to play in this space. That's what you're, it takes. You're gonna need some That's effort. That's the cost to get into the game to play. So, um, it's an. It's you're taking an okay on like start. three eight hundred pound gorillas here. You got to have something special. Yeah. In the mix. And as of right now, that's not the case. So, we'll see. Um, if you're into the and again, just to be clear, this is not a battle royale shooter. By the way, mm -hmm. um, this is just team based, like team versus team. Although I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they do put in a battle royale mode. They may need to do that to survive. Ultimately, mm -hmm. I mean, it certainly seems like they're ready for it in the sense of how those maps are, are mm, built i mean those maps are already made for it absolutely yeah. so um, again no release date it is coming i think to everything lower third down there yeah it's coming mm -hmm. to pc playstation 4 and playstation 5 xbox one and xbox series again it's not really a looker that's thus the older platforms are involved so that's just kind of how it works no so switch no switch nope because it's all multiplayer they can't make the cloud right. work <laughs> Uh, so anyway, there you go. That is X Defiant. And again, probably coming before the end of the year, but we do not have a hard release date yet. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about something Matt's been playing this week. <laughs> something that I'm glad that he played, so I did not have to play. <laughs> that is Mega Man Battle Network Collection, which includes technically 10 different Mega Man Battle Network games from the GBA era, but when it really works out it's like six because mm -hmm. some of them are color variants kind of like how yeah, they used to do double, pokemon there's doubles of three four and five and yep um but this is like um for those of you who don't know and maybe you weren't even alive when the gba was a thing um these were kind of big games but they were still mid like yeah they were they were not people weren't waiting with bated breath for them to come out no but they were they were popular enough that they got you know six of them or something yeah um it was pretty much the form Mega Man took during that period of time um, yeah, because we weren't getting real Mega Man games during that no. whole period. Like the closest was, uh, they did like a action version of this uh, network transmission, mm -hmm. I think, which was brutally hard. It was like, also, you know, in development for forever. Yeah, people waited for that game to come out for an eternity, and then it did come out, and it was not very good. So these were kind of the only Mega Man games that we were playing for a good like four or five mm -hmm. year stretch there, yeah. and they put these out like every year. Oh yeah, these came out. Without fail. All yeah. the time. And eventually, I think I only play... I think I stopped playing at four. Because it was they were all the same thing. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, they were just getting worse yep. after three. Like, three is generally considered the peak of the series. Um, it does start okay and get better to three. And then after that, they sort of slowly decline. Um, I, I, I will admit, I only played uh, two and three in this collection because there's only so many hours in the day. Mm -hmm. um, but I played. But you didn't have to. Like, I didn't, no. I didn't feel like I needed to play this at all, Matt, because I played the games when they came out. Yeah, it's very, I mean, they're very faithful translations, uh, ports. I mean, they're just, I think it's just an emulator, really, with some, some tweaks. Uh, there is a terrible filter you can put over it that supposedly smooths it, but just makes like everything look like it has Vaseline on the lens. Eat Demon says that these are the best-selling Mega Man games of all time. 
they did very, I mean they were on a, the DS they were they were a big deal and the, and the Game Boy Advance I mean the GBA had a huge install base yeah but man that doesn't I mean I these games maybe sold four or five hundred thousand back in the day oh, no, which still seems insane I honestly sold more than that really like they were, they were pretty big hits in terms of I mean they had a, it was an it was an anime I think in Japan huh um, I'd be interested to see actually what they did sell although I'm guessing the sales numbers are on the online are wrong. Probably because the VG charts numbers are always wrong. Like those are never I mean, accurate. The final game of the series sold a little over half a million. That's what I thought. Like four or five hundred thousand. Um, the best-selling Mega Man Battle Network still falls outside of Capcom's fifty best-selling games. Uh, the new Legacy Collection only has to sell a little more than one point three million to be the best-selling game in the series. Wow! So the best-selling game sounds like it sold about one point three million. It doesn't say which one it was though. No. At least like, I haven't found it yet. Okay. Because I thought Mega Man 10 or X, I thought that sold really well. It was like a big thing for a while. Probably. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these did sell I mean, better. at the time, I could see these having been... But to his point, these games were popular. Oh, like, yeah. as far as, like, handheld Anything games are concerned. Anything that did sort of the collect them up sort of a little, like, like RPG Pokemon-style thing was going to be popular there. Yep. And this is a turn-based strategy RPG that's on a grid, not on a hex grid. It is literally on four square, like a four-sided square. So it's it's kind of like my first strategy RPG. But there is also kind of an action element to the combat where you can kind of like dodge things in real time a little bit. Um, it was yeah. an interesting combat system to say the least. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was like a real time kind of almost action, like like turn based RPG thing. Mm-hmm. And like they, you know, there's the balance of you. You can shoot with your Mega Buster, which is super weak. But what you really want to do is use your chips, which are basically cards from a deck you have. Yep. And then when a little custom thing fills up, you can hit the button and choose new chips. And that's about it. Like there's, I mean, the chips have like little thing. Like you can only use. Things that are either the same type of chip or things that are have the same letter number, letter grade on them, um, and that's how you need to. Be, you know, you're going to have an advantage if you build your deck out with like five A cannons as opposed to an A, a B, a D, or whatever. Yep. Because then you can use all those cannons in one go, um, and it grades you on uh, how fast and efficiently you kill the enemies, and you get better loot. Uh, red, the better you do, the more likely you are to get a new chip. That gives you the ability of the enemy, which is kind of the Mega Man hook. Yep. And uh, that about covers it, really. Yeah, um, the story basically for all these games is that you've been sucked into a computer. Well, no. it's uh, You're not sucked in a computer. You just live in a world where you can jack in with your pet. Yeah. Which is Mega Man in the case of the main guy who's... Oh, what's, his, what's his name? Lan? Yeah, but the, I'm saying the game takes place inside the computer. I mean the battling does, yeah. yeah. But like the, the you know, it takes place in the you're in the real world in like some kind of future version of Japan where everybody carries around these AI assistants mm-hmm. that all conveniently happen to be Mega Man characters yep. for some reason. <laughs> and if you're near anything that has a port, you can jack in and poke around and do stuff. And there's a main internet you can go to and stuff. So there's a lot of like, like the verbiage in it is all like early internet stuff. Yeah, it's, it's mid two thousands. Like oh. <laughs> Oh, what a weird future world where children grow up on the internet. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But it's like things like the first thing you have to do in the in like two is like your snobby rich friend is dying in her house because the the gas like is malfunctioned. So you have to go yeah. into the house and like jack into the 
the the wall panel of the house and like figure out why the the steam isn't clearing and so like you'll solve a thing in the in the cyber world and then you come back out and then land can run over and do something in the real world that helps Mega Man. I so it's, they try to do it so it's like you're kind of like doing stuff in the cyber world to fix things in the in the real world and then you can do a thing in the real world that helps Mega Man move on to the next thing by removing that block and it really tries to make these characters like the motivation for what's happening and it's just not good. Um, yeah, the story is definitely not written for adults. But it is. It, <laughs> but the but the battle system is fun, and mm-hmm. and like you can do some interesting things with them. Um, and like yeah, once you get some of the uh, a decent number of chips and can do some like interesting combos, that's cool. The other thing that is notable about this this game uh, is just the whole like. This game doesn't care if you know where you're supposed to go next. Yeah, like I had to look <laughs> no up waypoints. I had like... to look up some stuff once in a while, and it turned out at one point I could, I didn't know what the hell I was supposed to do next. I the, nobody would talk to me. Nothing was happening. There was no new areas to open. Nothing, and it turned out that what I had to do is go back home and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no one That's said the way anything games about used that. To be hip. So. <laughs> But I will say this: the combat system in this is unique. Like I can't really think of yeah. any other game that does this. It's like it it's an action-based combat but it's still turn-based because mm-hmm. you can't get like multiple attacks in in a row you have to like you can move you don't have to wait to move but the enemies attack at a pace that they're always going to get an attack so you always are they're gonna attack you're gonna attack they're gonna attack you're gonna attack while you can navigate the grid at will kind of so there aren't a lot of strategy rpgs that play like this so that is one thing i would say about this is it, it does still kind of play differently from anything else that's out there um but you know, it's can you could you convince like a thirteen to seventeen year old to buy this? Like, I, who is this for? I think I could, at this point it's, in twenty twenty three, it's for people who grew up with this series. Yeah, it's I don't simple. think like any new the, players are going to. This is nostalgia. Yeah, purely. When, uh, there's a huge market for that right now. Um, I will say that. Okay, cool. Um, you have no excuse not to do Mega Man Legends now. Yeah. You've put out collections of everything Mega Man. All that's left is Legends. I think that's because it's the hardest. It will be the hardest to make. It'll be the hardest, but it's also, like, it's the one people want. It because, is. Because, like, I mean, there's a lot of nostalgia there, there. I think there's a lot of people, a lot of people, including me, would call Misadventures of Tron Bon one of, if not the best PS1 game. And they all go for hundreds of dollars yeah. now. Yeah. Like, People, I mean, it would be worth it just to sell to people who can't afford to buy an actual copy of the PS1 version. Like, Misadventures of Tronbon can go for $1,000 sealed now. That's crazy. If you get a good copy in, like, one of those stupid boxes. <laughs> That's nuts. Like, it's, like, the market on some of those games is crazy, and they're just sitting there. Yeah. Sitting there in a vault. Just do a conven- do a collection with 1, 2, and, and Tronbon. Mega Man 64, if you absolutely feel the need, but it's yeah. the same game as the first one. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. Um, you know, sell it for like forty bucks. Like I'd buy it. That was another game people waited a long time for. Mega Man sixty four. <laughs> it just kept yeah. getting delayed. And it was just Mega like Man a lot of N sixty four games that kept getting delayed. That was kind of the story with the N sixty four. It was fine when it came out, but it was like it's the same game PS one players had played like four years earlier. Yep. Yeah, I like the Mega Man Legends games. I think they would probably need a little tweaking uh, control wise because some of that is just all this. And this game comes with some warnings. About oh, in, that's right. About uh, in, some in, insensitive, insensitive racial caricatures, and they decided not to change it because they didn't want to mess with they, the art, and so to speak. They, that would require effort. Yeah, and because uh, so there really was very little effort put into this. No, that's very, very true. Um, there's a lot of collectible stuff and like kind of like art. Thing. Like, there's like if you're a fan, there's a lot of outside the game like things to unlock and look at, which is cool. 
but yeah, they didn't they didn't improve the games. I mean, there, there's a little bit of stuff like you, there is some of the online features do work, which is impressive. The the trade as one some of the trading stuff doesn't work in the in the multiple version ones. Mm-hmm. But like you can go uh, online battle and stuff in some of these things, which is nice. Um, not that I did that, but like uh, I was impressed that they even thought to include that. But like yeah, they, they didn't change it because they went the Warner Brothers route where they just you know put a warning at the beginning and be like this is this is how things were and this is what we did and we you know this is just a thing to say like it's not cool and it was never okay but this is what it is and here you are i'll be honest i'm surprised that that stuff was in the game back then even like it was not cool back then even like it's not like the world's changed all that much like (laughs) no but i think japan is more aware of how stuff like that is received in the west now yeah absolutely because it is it's not like jaw-dropping bad but it's just like really you thought it's that was okay to put yeah, in a it's video certainly something game that wouldn't have been in a western game yeah even at the time definitely like, not this is not like we go back to like the early 2000s it's like oh no everybody was making jokes like that no this was just weird even then but it's also weird too that it's Capcom, also not a reason to not release the games yeah again. yeah so it's there you know as long as you preface it just you know like, yeah i'm okay with how they handle like it. warner brothers put it's just like warner brothers putting out the um you know, Whoopi Goldberg's like preface to all the racist uh, Warner Brothers cartoons, saying this is a thing and we should be aware of it and and acknowledge that this is part of the culture and part of this work and uh, you know just be aware of that and enjoy it anyway. Yeah. Also noticed that back then Capcom spelled Mega Man as one word. Now now Mega Man's two words. Yeah, Mega Man has gone back and forth on that. It's weird. The years. Just figure it out. It's <laughs> usually been two words. Mega Man Battle Network, I think, was when the first time I really saw it spelled as one word. Even when they put the put them together in some of the t- old titles, they always capital like made the, the M's big. Yeah. So yeah, this is the first time I, I can recall Mega Man being one word. Yep, because now they, they use two. So, part and part of that I think is because in Japan and some in the dialogue of this, he's called Mega Man because he's mm-hmm. an executable file. Right. Yeah. And if you, you couldn't put it's got to be one you, word, you couldn't put a space in the file. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's probably why that maybe right. Yep. How much was his uh, collection? If you want, there's two collections. It's like one. Well, I think one is like uh, one, two, and both versions of three, and the other is the four versions of. Yeah, digital four, comes in two parts. The, if you buy yeah. the physical version, it's all in one. Cart. It's sixty if you buy it all. Wow, it's the full price game if you buy. Oh, it that's all. way too much. Yep, <laughs> that's way too much. Yep. <laughs> like, yes, it is. It should be thirty bucks. It should yeah. be the cost of a handheld game. I mean, you can buy them separately for about that much. Yeah. Um, like each game separately for 30 No, bucks? Each, each group. Like oh, okay. Half and half collection, Gotcha, basically. gotcha. So okay. each half is, is 30 I think it's 30 yeah. Should have said wallet deleted there instead of yeah. <laughs> deleted. That's insane to charge $60 for this. Like, look, I get it. There are people like us who will be nostalgic for this, but not $60 worth of nostalgia. Like, No, I... I mean, I wasn't. I was too old for these when they came out in the first place, so I don't know how much level of nostalgia is on there. But also, I imagine anyone who's super nostalgic for these games has already uh, got them on their PC. Right. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> but uh, eh, it's fine. Like it's it. Sure. Like why not? Like, at least they put everything in there. I mean, Vincent is saying you're getting a ton of game here. Yeah, so what? Yeah, you're, like, getting, you're getting a ton of the same game, like, yeah. ten times, really. Like, I mean... Like, literally, these games, like, they made them every year. They were just mixing and matching and throwing everything is, into a blender. I like, mean, this is, look, it's a fine collection. It is a... You know, they, they, are, they all work fine. They look pretty... You know, even with the filter turned off, which I turned off after, like... I would have seconds. turned it off immediately. Uh, yeah, it looks it looks fine, like you know, on, on the big TV. Uh, it's still fun to play. 
Um, am I going to play all six of them? No. I mean, will I, you go back and play them at all? I'll probably I'll probably finish my game at, of three. Yeah, like three. Um, These games are what like sixteen hours, eighteen hours. If yeah, I remember. not too long. It's six yeah. twenty if you do everything. I guess probably a long if you want to collect everything of every permutation. You can probably play this for. I mean, there's one of the one of the. Uh, guides i looked up was like oh you should come out of this first area with like 220 hit points and having bought all these different ships and to earn all the money to do that you're going to need to grind for four hours and i'm like no <laughs> nope. we're not doing <laughs> that's that that's not happening bruh it's definitely not happening yeah um yeah i mean i have some nostalgia for these games definitely yeah. not 60 dollars. if you're a hardcore fan if you played these when you were 12 if you love these games if they were your childhood yeah sure go for it but otherwise um, you know what this is. Yeah. It, You'll be able to find that collection, like the physical version of it, in probably eight months for like 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. Probably around Christmas, I guess. You'll probably get it for 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. It's still probably cheaper than buying physical copies of the Game Boy versions. Are they worth money? All Game Boy Advance games are worth money. Really? Yeah. Oh. Especially if they're sealed. That's good. Well, I don't have many sealed ones. Not so much if they're loose, but if yeah. you've got them in the box, even, like, yeah, I'm sure if you want a sealed copy of a Battle, of battle Network three like let's let's find yeah, out let's, let's do it right here live on game face and see what these are worth good work phone marga man that's uh <laughs> mega man battle network three sealed um <laughs> are there none for sale no there's gonna be some on ebay it's always some on ebay 500 bucks dang Dang! Here's somebody selling loose copies of all of them, just cartridges, and the, the price they've set is $1,100. Wow! I have some of those games. I have all of them. Almost, almost all of them, I think. I have like four of them, I think. I don't have all, like the both versions of Blue. Both, right, or, me either. Or, 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 I have whatever. one. Yeah. But I have one of each, yeah. Because what would happen a lot of times is Capcom would send us both. I'd send one out for review to our reviewer, and then I'd keep the other one to play. So I yeah, never had both of them. There you go. That's lowest price, four hundred ninety-five dollars for a sealed box copy. Wow. I mean, you can get you can get a loose cartridge for twenty bucks. Dang, I mean, what a difference! People, that's crazy. Well, because you're after either collectors or people just want to play it. Yeah. yeah, that's two different things. What about complete inbox but opened? Um, that's what I have. About twenty-five bucks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's freaking hilarious. So basically, the collectors want sealed a shelf full of sealed games. Yeah. I and mean, so if I could fake the shrink wrap, because the other you thing can too, you shrink that sucker. You got to. Because the GBA's I, games, like the shrink wrap on those games, were crap. They were. Like yeah. you should be able to fake that no problem and get away with it. Like I mean, I have a sealed copy of Fire Red that I forgot I had and uh-huh. has never opened. Yeah. And that thing's worth a ridiculous amount of money. Really. Because. People love that. You I know. should start going through my GBA collection. I have a big GBA collection. I was the GameCube and GBA editor at GameSpot. So I got everything, at least for like a couple years there, kind of in the height of the GBA era. So I have a pretty nice collection of GBA cards. But and anyway. For, oh, and as for the people asking, yeah, those are completed prices. Mm. Like those are prices somebody paid. Someone's bidding some those. Reason. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying it makes any sense. I'm just saying. <laughs> just, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there you go. That's Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. We're saying it's a pretty good collection, but way overpriced. Yeah, just be aware of what you're getting. You know know what this is. If it's either worth it to you or it's not. Yep. And it doesn't matter what we say, honestly. You you know already. Uh, Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game that Matt has been playing this week. And we're going to try to talk about it in a less amount of time than it takes to complete it. And that game is Tron Identity. Mm -hmm. What? You skipped something. Did I? 
Oh, I did. A game that I played. I'm pretty sure that's not the lower third for Tron. No, it's not. <laughs> Although those light cycles can get pretty dangerous. <laughs> Actually, we're going to talk about a game that I have been playing this week and the game that I was hinting at earlier with a building mechanic. And that game is called Meet Your Maker. Meet Your Maker right now is, and I'll tell you why, because I don't have the B-roll in here. That's the problem. Um, Meet Your Maker is, let me get the B-roll up here. So you can see it. Meet Your Maker is a game where you build trap levels and other people come and play your levels. And I would just say this right out of the gate. What you're seeing right now is nothing like what the game plays like. So if you watch a trailer for this, you may think that it's like a Doom clone. Because the trailers, the way they cut them together, they look very fast-paced, like there's a lot of action. But in actuality, people are building their own sort of trap rooms, dungeon rooms, and it's your job to go inside this thing that they've created, grab a resource, and then escape with the resource. And there's other resources that are in there that you can collect while you're in there as well. But that is the basis of the game. Um, and like a lot of games that rely on users to create the content, a lot of it is hit or miss. Here's the thing. In a lot of games like this, you have choices. You can choose between playing the levels that the fans have made, or you can choose to play the levels that the developers, the people who are actually good at this stuff, have made. However, in this game, you do not have that choice. You only have the choice of playing player-created levels, and that is what absolutely ruins this game. So this game right now is available for free if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber. If you're not, it costs $30 on PC and Xbox. Um, and it launches with zero developer-created levels. None. There is not a single challenge in this that was made by a professional. They're all made by people like us. And so the other problem with it is, is that as people die in the levels that you create, you gain stats. So the more people die in your level, the more your level is then bubbled up in the search results for people to play. So you're incentivizing the creators to make the rooms as unfair as possible because all they're shooting for, unless they're just a good person, all they're shooting for is to make you die as much as possible. So if you watch the trailers for this game, it seems like a Doom-style shooter where you're circle strafing and you're taking on all these. That's not what playing this game is like at all. Instead, you're tiptoeing in through each room, afraid to step on a tile because it could send arrows flying at you. Or it could be some other trap that's going to kill you instantly. And what this game is, is an exercise in trial and error. You go in... Most people, at least I do first time, I try to run in there and just get through it because you'll, you'll set off like four traps that way. And that'll tell you, okay, there's a trap here, there's a trap here. And then that's when you start creeping through the levels because you're like, okay, I know there's a trap here. How do I avoid this trap? How do I set off this trap? Also in the mix is this little droid that goes into each room first and is there as a pathfinder to show you how to get to the place where the resource is that you need to grab and escape with it. The catch, though, is that you can trigger things that kill the robot. So then you have no idea how to get to the place you need to go. So part of the strategy here is not just keeping yourself alive. It's also keeping the robot alive. So the rob robot a lot of times will walk ahead of you, 
So you have to be careful about triggering traps because they could also kill the robot. And that just becomes more trial and error. Like, oh, the robot is gonna walk down this really long hallway. So I can't peek my head around this corner because it will trigger the arrows that will kill the robot. So it all, it just becomes this learning process of trial and error. It's also very bare bones out of the gate. This is made by the studio that made Dead by Daylight, by the way, Behavior Interactive, not a mm. surprise. You can see some of the elements in here. There's no story in the game at all. Um, there's just, there's like this wasteland and you're looking for genetic material that you need to collect to find a cure for a disease that's like wiping out humanity. And that's it. There's no cinematics in the game. There's no story in the game. There's no voiceover. You get basically teleported to these areas where you take on these rooms and then you get teleported back to this room where you can use the resources that you've collected to upgrade your abilities, upgrade your weapons, but there's just not much to upgrade. There's hardly anything ultimately in the game. Um, there's two playable characters. There's just two guns, two swords, two different types of raiders, four, only four different enemy types, and only seven different trap types. So not only do you get tired of playing the game because it's the same elements recycled over and over, all the rooms look pretty much the same as far as like the, 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 the tiles and the art style because they have very little few things to choose from. And it just becomes repetitive very, very quickly. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a certain type of player out there who will like a game like this where you have, it's like you fail and then you try over again. You fail and you try over again and you get a little bit further into the room each time as you learn where each trap is or something goofy will happen and you'll die just stupidly because you took one step in the wrong direction or you fell off a stair and you landed on a pressure plate that set off a trap. This is more entertaining as a montage in a movie. It kind of is. Yeah. yeah. And like cutting together the B-roll Sort of like this. having to live through the actual like event of Mario learning the obstacle course in the movie. Yep. Seriously. So like cutting the B-roll for this, like when I first start trying a room, I show the whole process where you start running up into the room, getting into the room. And then each subsequent retry, I cut more of the front off of it because at that point the viewer gets it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to start back out here and you have to run all the way back down this ramp to get back to the room, blah, blah, blah. And you're right. Like it's, you can't play the game that way is the problem though. Like there's, you can't skip like the parts that you've already got past. That might be a mechanic that would make this game way better actually, is being able to just teleport back to the place that you got to inside the room instead of having to go through all the same traps all over again. Um, but I found the game to be very, very repetitive, very bare bones. Um, the other thing I found too is that the, again, there are all the, levels that you play are created by other players and the game does a bad job of deciding what tier they should be in so there's like normal hard and like impossible or whatever like playing through normal like i play one that was like ridiculously easy and the next one was impossible and they're both in the normal category so the game's not doing a good job of it in, in honesty this game could have learned a lot from super mario maker that's really what this is. This is like an M-rated Super Mario Maker that's in first-person 3D instead of being a 2D platformer. Um, and with literally like 150th of the tools and the options to actually build stuff with. Maybe even less than that, honestly. Maybe like 1 to 100th of, uh, of the tools that you have. So this is a platform that they're hoping to launch and then build upon. And they are saying that eventually they will release levels that they built themselves. But, dude, you launched the game with at least like 20 of them. 
Like, if you expect a player to use your interface and create levels for this in five or ten minutes, why aren't you creating them in five or ten minutes? It's absurd. At like, least Mario Maker had a campaign. Yeah. Like, I, it just... It feels like they had an idea, and like, well, you know what? The best part is we can just build this tool, and people can just start playing it, and they can build all, they can do all the heavy lifting and the hard work, and we'll just sit back and count how many times people die on their levels, and that'll be enough to keep them happy. Like, it wasn't enough to keep me happy. I'll just put it to you that way. Like, it's a fine, it's a fine art. Like, figuring out how difficult to make something. It's not easy to do that. It is something that developers get paid for for a reason. And they're asking Joe Blows, like you and I, who never built games in our lives, to handle that. Like, you are in full control of how difficult it is. And the other thing, too, is, like, when you have users making the levels, there's just all kinds of dumb crap in them. Like, you'll go into one of these buildings, and you'll go all the way down this path to just find it goes to a dead end. Because whoever built it was like, ah, crap, screw it. Like, I'm not going to go back and rebuild that, even though... And you end up running to the end of this thing, dodging a bunch of traps for nothing. And you have to go back. Like, there's just all these... Or they these... thought that was funny. What? Or they thought that was funny. Well, they think it's funny, because yeah. they're torturing you. Right. And they get rewarded for how many times you die. So, yeah, they're incentivizing people to make crappy levels. That's really what it comes down to. I don't know. Like, as you know, if you watch Game Face enough, right there, by the way, was where I got caught at a dead end. And I just decided, mm. in cutting the B-roll, I'm like, I'm just going to cut there. <laughs> but if you watch Game Face enough, or you followed me long enough, you know that I'm not a fan of games where I have to build stuff. Like, I'm not a big Mario Maker guy. I'm not a big Minecraft guy. Oh, the other thing I should mention, too, one-shot kills. Mm. And then he hits you once, you die. There's no health or anything like that. There's no chance of, like, barely getting hit and surviving. Like, you just get hit once, you die. Whether it's by a trap or by an enemy, it's all one-hit kills. So, again, you can see. Now here I am again at the same spot. All right, well, he killed me last time. Now what do I do to keep him from killing me? I'm going to bait him. Oh, I bait him. There he is. Now I kill. Like, it's this process that you just go through with every room in these buildings that you're going into. And it just, to me, it just became incredibly annoying. I would much prefer to play a series of stages built by the developers. Because the other thing that does, Matt, is it teaches you how to build a good stage. Like, they just throw you into the dark end, into the deep end here. They're just like, yep, here's the tools you got, build. Mm -hmm. They don't tell you best practices, and you can't build right away either. They do force you to play a good bit of the game before the building interface opens up, assuming that's what they're trying to do is like, okay, get familiar with the tools. But what you really need to get familiar with is the level design and how to make a good stage that's interesting to play and not just frustrating. Well, see, you can see there, a shot from behind. There's no way to avoid that. Like, you're just gonna die. So next time you go in, oh, here's this ramp. So now you run up the ramp, you tease the arrows, run back down the ramp, the arrows fire. You Now you can go. But then you turn the corner and you step on a plate that fires more arrows. It's just this... I, I, I'm not a fan. <laughs> Um, Andy T. Monahan brings up a good point. Did Mario Maker have that criteria where you have to be able to finish the stage before it can be published online? Yeah. Yes. This game also has that. So that's where the robot comes in. The little robot that you follow through each stage. The robot, If the robot can't make it through, then they won't let you publish the stage. So there is kind of a failsafe there, but that doesn't keep you from creating these long corridors that end at a dead end. Like, the robot is going to know not to go down that corridor and go straight to the resource that you're trying to collect. So... 
I don't know. It, it, seems, it feels like a lot of the people who are playing this are split. They're either like, this is the most brilliant thing I ever played, or they're like me, and they're like, I have no interest in continuing to play this until the developers actually make some good polished stages. Because, again, there's no rating system. Like, there's that's really the big issue here, is if you get in a stage like this, it's just crap. You can't say it's crap so that other people avoid it. And that is probably the game's biggest failing, is that the rating system isn't as good as something like a Super Mario Maker, where you really can mostly ensure that the cream rises to the top. Um, I don't know, maybe their developers are in there checking out stages, and they're like, hey, I played this one, and it's good, and they're like, they're like stealth flagging it so that it appears in people. I don't know. Um, saw that one coming. You saw it coming? Yeah. This, you saw the thing, all they all loaded up. Oh, yeah. This is, but see, this is me playing a new stage. That was my first time, where I run through it trying to trip like four traps so i get like at least four traps the first time and then i start going slowly see i've just luckily ran past that one the first time because i ran so fast and then i tried to go slow and it killed me and then the third time i went through i tried to do it a different way and it killed the little robot and i had to start over mm. and that's how this game works that's pretty much how every stage plays out now look i totally realize some of you guys may be into this kind of stuff I'm sure by now, if you've been following me long enough, that you know I'm not. And so you're probably not surprised that I was not impressed with this game. Um, but to be fair, some of you may really like it. You may like it a lot more than I did. Um, but I'm just telling you what it is actually like to play the game. And if, and I'll say this, if it does come to a day where there are levels created by the developers, I will probably go back and play it because I like the game in concept. It's just in practice. It just didn't really click, click with me at all. But again... If you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, this is free right now. It's free all month long. Even if you're watching the archive of this show on YouTube, it's still free to go and grab. And I would maybe recommend giving it a try because it's a possibility that it could really click with you. It didn't for me, but it could for you. So if you're a PlayStation owner and you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, there's really no risk in giving it a, giving it a try, giving it a go. Everybody else, I would never spend $30 for this game. Like it, I just found it incredibly aggravating. Um, and it's just, it's all trial and error. You can see it in the B-roll. Okay, I figured how to kill that guy. Now I can kill him with the sword. Now, finally, I can turn this corner, but oops! Oh, I turned the corner, and the arrows flew and killed the little robot. Like, that's playing this game. Hmm. Just spelled out right there in the B-roll for you guys. So, if this is something that you think you might be into, have at it. For me personally, no thanks. <laughs> what do you think looking at that, Matt? Is this something you might give a try? Not a chance in hell. Yeah. Trial and error stuff, it just never clicks no. with me. Like, I just am not into it. It used to it. be all the games were back in the day, and I don't miss it. I don't either. That's why we've moved forward. That's why I'm not playing SNES games anymore. Mm -hmm. People are always like, you go back and play the old game. No, I don't, because they're all like this. <laughs> I do sometimes, but, like, most of the ones that didn't do that then. Right, which know? were not that many. Most of them were like that. It's no, like you have talking to about like that. My ideal die and learn. My ideal Genesis Super Nintendo collections would be, like, 30 games maximum. Mm-hmm. Yep, and there's things I just don't like. I don't understand why people love those Super Star Wars games. They're yeah, just constant barrages of nonsense. Yeah, like it's they're terrible. Yeah. So again, that game is called Meet Your Maker. If you do want to buy it, it's thirty bucks. I think by now you have a pretty good idea what the game's all about, and you know whether you're into it or not. Personally, I was not even free. Um, I spent more time on this than I wanted to because I had to for you guys. So sometimes you got to jump on the grenades, and for me, Meet Your Maker was one of them. All right, now. It's time to move on to the game that Matt played this week, and I hope we'll talk about it for less time than it took to finish it, and that is Tron Identity. It is a detective adventure built by Mr. Bithel, 
mm-hmm. um, who's a little bit of an indie legend at this point. Um, pretty crazy that they handed him a big IP like Tron to make a game. Um, uh, big, but well, the Disney. game. The, re- the reason I'm making a joke about the length of the game is because it's two or three hours long. Yeah, it doesn't take that long to get through. Yeah, you, th- this show is longer than this game, <laughs> but there's like a reason to replay it for different choices. Yeah, so. is it? Does it branch that much, yes. the story? Yeah. Okay. Like people die or don't die, or this happens or that happens. Like it, it, it is significant changes based on how you do it. Okay. Um, and the, the good news is, it's like two and a half hours long, so if you want to go do that again, it's not a huge commitment. Right. Like It actually makes sense to do that, to make different choices. And you can skip through stuff faster. Mm-hmm. So, But what you're seeing here... Is pretty much the game. <laughs> it's just hard to get there B-roll for this no, game. <laughs> there is no animation beyond what you see, sort of the the still picture movement here. Uh, there is no voice acting. Uh, there is some, although there, uh, Christopher there. Uh, I went to college with his older sister. No way. <laughs> How weird is that? <laughs> that is weird. I was like, did I just see your younger brother? In this <laughs> and she's like, if it was a Disney thing, yeah. I'm just like, well, what the hell? Wow, that's crazy. Crazy. Um. But uh, yeah, it's um, I so I like it. Like just to, to preface it, um, it is a visual novel with uh, with you know with dialogue choices. Uh, it is very very much a noir. Uh, it is a noir detective yarn, mm-hmm. and I mean yarn. Like <laughs> yarn is the only fucking word for this. It thing. does seem pretty long winded. There's a lot um, of writing in this for sure. Oh, it's a cold night in the city. Nothing new there. <laughs> Pull your coat. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it is just Sam Spade in a computer. It's it's, uh, and I like that. I think it's really cool. Like it's a cool take on the Tron world. It seems to take place uh, post Tron Legacy on that same stupid isolated server that they set that, uh, that movie on instead of actually expanding the tron idea in any way um i did not like tron legacy very much yeah uh, tron legacy i think is a very good movie in its own right but as a sequel to tron is fucking garbage yeah um it, it missed a lot tron of tron 2.0 the the video the pc game does way more to advance the tron concept to the modern internet era than than tron legacy ever did it's it's a bizarre, it was a bizarre thing to be like, oh, it's just going to take place on a separate server where nothing has actually moved forward in computing. It's just got fancier coats. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the movie, they we have to go to this super isolated place, but there's a train that goes there? What do you, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, uh, so so this is like a kind of like a post-Tron Legacy world of this server, the, the grid, they call it. Um and it's in early on. It's, it's interesting because you're kind of it's, and I don't. I have not seen like the Tron Legacy cartoon series or any other ex, you know external content. So I don't know how much of this is in other stuff or whatever. But it seems like basically um, now that Flynn has left the grid, uh, you're sort of dealing with a declining civilization because God has abandoned them in a way. Mm. So this, so you you are um, what's called a disciple of Tron, and what the disciples of Tron are, they are basically detectives, but they are they are de- dedicated to tr- uh, the pursuit of truth. So while Tron fought for the users, the disciples of Tron fight for the truth, but they are inspired by his dogged determination and dedication to his his you know his mission. Mm-hmm. So their job is to go to play. They're basically like detectives, and they go places to uncover the truth. And one of the the main things about them is they are not supposed to get involved, and they are not supposed to get make decisions. They are supposed to just find out what's true. Mm-hmm. The nature of the game means that you are constantly making decisions and violating your code as a disciple of Tron. Um, 
but where you are here is this thing called a repository, which is basically a place where they keep all this data, um, very important data. But and there's been an explosion in one of the vaults there, and so you are sent, called in by the the head of the repository, whose name very subtly is Prince. Um, the, the names in this, your name is Query. Um, you're <laughs> Again, going back to that early computer age. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you go in, and uh, basically, this guy Grish is the security guard. He doesn't like you because he's a, he's a security guy. He's a bouncer in a noir movie, so he he doesn't trust you. But you can team yeah. up with him, or you can like say no, I work alone, and that'll change the story. You can make him trust you, and then lose his trust for doing things later, and that'll make him more of a problem later, or more of an ally later. Uh, you can impress Prince, who's like. He believes in the users, and you can either play it up as a big believer of the users, or you can play it as, like, that's all bullshit, and he'll react to you differently. Um, there's all these different things. There's a couple of th- there's a character in there that's a brand new kind of program that's never been in Tron before, as far as I know. Um, the, the one main gameplay thing is while you're playing the game. Also, by the way, this game also, if people don't know what Tron is, some people may not. It also takes place inside a computer. Kind yeah. of like Mega Man Battle Network. Yeah, there's a theme this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and this, uh, every once in a while you'll see little dots pop up and you can move this little, that little cursor, that little cursor and click on it and it'll give you a, um, like a little data entry for your journal. Mm-hmm. And there's like six per area. There are only five locations in this game. Yeah. There's, it appears that there's one puzzle that keeps repeating throughout yeah, the game. Yeah. The, uh, so you, one of the things the disciples of Tron can do is they can, um, uh, they can decode identity disks. So identity disks in Tron, and Legacy goes into this more than the original movie did, but identity disks in Tron are basically the disks you see them throw around, and mm-hmm. like they have them on their backs, you see them in, in that shot there. And uh, what they are is basically everything you are, everything you know, everything you, you, you could be is on that disk. And if that disk gets lost or damaged, that's basically like losing your mind. Yeah, And... Um, what uh, what the Disciples of Tron can do is they can basically defrag identity disks. And the purpose for that is if, like, and in the case of this, like, the explosion that happened here caused a lot of the programs uh, who were caught near it to lose memories. So you can defrag the disk and help them recover their memories. Um, that's sort of the puzzle gameplay aspect. So the, the, the disk... Um, will be will be surrounded by these little chips with numbers and suits on them, like different icons and colors. And the way it works is basically you can take a chip, and you can um, you see there, you take a chip, and you can either you can clear you can clear either the the chip next to a chip or a chip three spaces away. And to clear something, it has to either be the same color, which is the same suit, like all the dots with the orange or the triangles or the yellow, or the same number. And there are little things where, like, you'll get little things thrown in where, like, some uh, later on, there'll be, like, ones that, like, if a countdown, if you don't clear this chip, these certain chips by, you know, within the next certain turns, they're going to multiply and fill the grid up again. And so what you're trying to do is lower the number of chips to whatever the target is, which is under the sifted logo, but it's usually two or three. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to lower it down. And then you have a little unlock thing up there, clear eight cards. So that gets weirder and more esoteric. Um that unlocks disc colors, so you can use different colors of discs in the puzzles. And once you're done with the game, you can actually go to it's called endless mode, and that is just endless puzzles of this variation. And then there's a daily puzzle they put up every day. Um, if you if so, that's sort of your ostensible like 
ongoing play value mm-hmm. um, after you finish the the story. But this um, is the only. Is this the only puzzle in the game? The only yeah, puzzle this, style? this is the only puzzle. Did he do that with another one of his games? I actually am not very familiar with him. Yeah. Um, I thought he did that with one other game where he had one puzzle that just carried the whole... One puzzle style that, like, carried the whole game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's no The Witness. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I also like this puzzle idea better than line puzzles, so that doesn't Who was the developer me. that did The Witness? That was... Uh, wasn't that Jonathan Blow? Maybe. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah. Was the, the Braid guy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I used to get Jonathan Blow confused with Phil Fish, but yeah, it was, that's easy. It's probably probably an insult to both of them. I'm sure they, neither one of them would like to hear that. Yeah, so there's just basically this one puzzle style to carry the whole game, in, and otherwise it's really just navigating conversations. And have you figured out yet, like how the how different the endings can be based upon? Yeah, I mean, literally different people can be dead or alive, and you can either. I mean, you can either. I can't get into really what the result of things are because one character one character is just entirely a spoiler to mm-hmm. talk at, at all about Can't even them. mention the character um not even to mention because they're not it's not like the characters anyone you know from tron but like everything that character does is integral to like what the mystery is in this thing so you can't really deal with it unless you want to talk about spoilers um but like yeah there's, there's like things where like uh, people different characters will die or, or live or be there or not be there and you can choose to either you know you know, basically escape with this or never get out. It's like there are substantial differences, and the uh, the it, it's it almost feels like this is setting something up in terms of like what you know they are doing another Tron movie, and you know Tron is continuing as as an IP, but it sounds like they're going to leave this server behind, mm. which is good because it was a cop out. Nah. Um, but there's this world on here, and the world has basically been abandoned and forgotten by Flynn, and they're sort of dealing with the outcome of that, and that is sort of what this story is about in a way. How much was this game? Fifteen. That seems about right. Yeah, like I don't mind. Like ten would be better. Yeah. But like, I'm not unhappy with fifteen. It's very the music's great. Like the the visual style is obviously the music really is cool. amazing. Yeah, obviously you guys can't hear it, but the music yeah. in this is incredible. I mean, Tron's music is amazing. Tron's always a great music, yeah. no matter what. But like this, this definitely keeps that tradition up. Yep. Um, it's not you know it's it's pretty easy to like uh to go back and replay. Um, and it's you know it's short enough that you can remember all, all what you did. And at the very end of of the game, you can actually review every single choice you did you oh. made. So you can like kind of. I think every adventure game should do that. That yeah. gives you choice. But it's not as like intimidating as like if you you know if you complete Detroit Become Human and like you just get presented with this giant web of all yeah. these, and you're just like, <laughs> I didn't even like you to begin with. I'm not going back through all that shit, <laughs> especially considering how long the load times are. Yeah. But um, yeah, this it's a very manageable choice-driven, outcome-driven visual novel, like Choose Your Own Adventure thing. And I thought it was pretty good. Platforms are interesting. PC, Mac, and Switch. Yeah, I think this is coming to everything. Eventually. Yeah, eventually it will, but I'm this sure. This where they're starting. Yeah. But if you want to play it now, those are the only options that you have. So if you're an Xbox or PlayStation guy or girl, you're going to have to wait until it comes. My guess, too, is that you know, porting this over to other platforms probably won't be all that difficult. So my guess is... By the end of the year, you'll probably be able to get it on other mm-hmm. other platforms. And it's, fun. and it's a take on the Tron universe we haven't seen. Like the noir aspect, mm-hmm. like actually really works. Yeah. Um, and it's weird how like the the electronic music in this it does feel like Tron, but it also sounds like Tron doing Blade Runner a little bit. Like there's, there's yeah, a, there's, it's a little moodier and darker. It's a, yeah, it's, yeah. It's got a darker tone to it. that yep. more or less works. I agree. I think the music in this is great. Yeah, I was really impressed by it. 
Um, so 15 bucks, PC, Mac, and Switch. You say get it? I say go for it. If you like Tron, or if you just like kind of noir... Because not like you have other options for yeah. Tron. There's not a lot of Tron, not a lot of noir Choose Your Adventures yeah. out there. Um, I don't think you necessarily need to know too much about Tron. I mean, it probably helps if you've seen Tron Legacy. Yeah. Um, but the only real direct references to the old game, the old movies, is in his office. If you go back up when he's not there and look at all of his... He has a collection of user memorabilia. Mm-hmm. Which is like like Flynn's jacket and like video game boxes and a little video game system and uh, stuff like that. A Tron action figure mm-hmm. and like he like looks at he's like oh, what is it? And like I'm sitting here like how did that get in a computer? I guess <laughs> I guess Flynn would bring like program them in and bring them with him basically because yeah. um, he was in there for so long. But uh, so that's a little weird. But like other than that, like it mentions there's some like references to old Flynn stuff. I guess Jeff Bridges' character in the movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like other than that, it's a pretty self-contained story. And a lot of the information, as far as I know, not being a huge expert on modern Tron lore, but as far <laughs> as I know, most of it was new. Okay. Like, in terms of like what they're doing here, so sounds yeah, like so. self-contained too. Like it's not going to carry over into the other stuff. I w- they they could safely ignore this if they don't right. want to involve it. Seems at all. like they played so. it safe. Yeah, yeah I, I, and I'm hoping they move on from this version of Tron in the future. Anyway, it's too bad that Jared Leto is involved with it. But like, at the very least, I'd like to. Say, I mean, I think Tron 2.0 is more compelling, where the, the way it kind of incorporated viruses and internet and email, and mm-hmm. it incorporated how computers are involved in our lives. Yeah. Um, and the, Tron Legacy didn't do that at all. It didn't. It didn't. It, it, you know, it, Tron Legacy could have taken place in 1983. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no. Yeah, you're right. Is no incorporation of modern computer computing culture or computer technology or anything. And in fact, in uh, in fact, in this, if you go look at the uh, at his like, there's a book on the shelf there. If you go look at the book, it's like a it's like a, basically it's a how to run your computer efficiently thing. And the guy like kind of pieces together from context of reading it because it's a, it's a man, it's a real world manual for how to like run an Encom computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point he realizes that it's, it implies the way it's written implies that users all have their own computers. And he finds that horrifying because it basically confirms a multiverse. Oh, him, right. You know, <laughs> and like, and I'm like, that's yeah, funny. that's pretty crazy. But it's yeah. like, that's more insightful in terms of the computer metaphor than anything in Tron Legacy all by yeah. itself. And that's a shame. No, you're right. They, they got away from it, for, yeah. without a doubt. So there you go. That's Tron Identity, PC, Mac, and Switch. 15 bucks. Um, if you're an Xbox or PlayStation user, probably coming out before the end of the year. And with that, it's time, people, for... Whoop. All right, it's time for Name That Game, where I show you five screenshots and you try to guess the name of the game before Matt Kyle. Good luck, because he's good. If you win, you get a free game, but a couple caveats before we get going. Um, one, if you're not a PC player and you can't foresee yourself giving the code to somebody else who is a PC player, please do not play, because all the codes are for PC, and if you can't do anything with the code, just don't play and take it from somebody else who can. Now, I'm not saying... If you have someone who's, you know, you have a friend who's a PC gamer, you can totally win and totally give it to them. It's your code. You can do whatever you want with it. But if you don't think you're going to use the code at all, please don't play. If you have already won this year, do not play. You can only win once every calendar year, which makes it a little easier for people as time goes on as the win- as the really good people get weeded out earlier on in the year. And I got to tell you, there was this run there where, what, they got on the first image three weeks in a row or something? Something like that. Yeah. So people are real good. You got to be on it. The other thing, too, 
is that we put the chat into slow mode for this, which means you can only send a message once every 60 seconds. So you can't just start spamming game titles hoping that you get it right. You need to make your guesses count because if you guess wrong, someone else is probably gonna guess it after you put your guess in there. So don't try to spam the chat with every game title that you can think of that even might be close. That is not a winning strategy. And with that, I think we're ready to get going. Here's Emperor Dread. Eight months till I can guess Body Harvest again, because <laughs> yeah, he actually won. <laughs> and the crappy part is, you didn't win when it was Body Harvest. And now I, the really crappy part is, I'm going to have to wait till next year to do Body Harvest. There's no way I'm going to use Body Harvest until you at least have a chance of winning. I'll put it to you that way. Yeah, that so, would be cruel. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, here we go. Again, we have five screenshots. They get progressively more obvious as we go. The first couple, I try to hope that you guys don't guess it, but you guys still do because you're awesome. Uh, but I try to make it hard to guess on the first couple images, and then it becomes easier or more obvious as we go. So here is the first image. I really hope nobody gets it from this. Body Harvest. No, North Sea. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been the all-time ultimate, though, if I had done Body Harvest here, though? Death Stranding, no. Flight Simulator, no. That's a good guess, yeah. though. Fallen Order, no. I can see where you might think I've tried to pull out Fallen Order here. Maybe for next mm -hmm. week. Mass Effect, no. Mass Effect 2, no. <laughs> I mean, they have to get it. They yeah. have to be the right one. Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, no. But I can see that for sure. 50 cent blood on the sand. No. <laughs> Someone always guess that, guesses that every week. Are we going to make it past the first image? It looks like we are. Yep, no more guesses coming in. No one else is confident. Okay, we'll move on to the second image. And here it is. A lot more obvious. Somebody could get it from this. Hmm. See if we get any guesses. Your love is uh, lens flares. Yeah. We aren't even getting any guesses from this image. Oh, look at this. I may have stumped you guys finally. Deathloop, no. Uh, Guitar yeah. Hero, no. That's a good mm. guess, though. I can see why you might say that. Fuse, no. Infamous Second Son? No. Not infamous. Life is Strange, no. Battlefront, no. Far Cry 6, no. Astrobot, no. Shooting Sprinkles, no. <laughs> from Pharaoh Doll. Okay, it looks like we're moving on to image three. We're gonna make it to the third image today, people. I'm about to give myself a round of applause. And here it is. Train simulator, no. I've got you guys stumped on this one. There it is, we got a winner. This is for Vidya Games. Guesses it correctly with Sunset Overdrive. And here is your round of applause. I'll be curious to see how he got it from that. Rage 2. Are people still guessing? Radical Heights. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually clever that you thought I might actually do that. And I can see where you might think that's Radical Heights, actually. Or Rage 2. But no, it is, in fact, Sunset Overdrive. Here are the last two images, just for posterity's sake. That one, I felt like, definitely would have given it away. But maybe not. You can see one of the alien's foot. Yeah, you can see an alien the foot orange there. blood is pretty, uh -huh. pretty unique to that game. Yep. I don't know if I would have known that, though. No? And then here's the final one. 
That one, yeah. That's... You can actually see the character model in the bottom left there. You can see the whole world. And if you couldn't have got it from that, I don't know what to tell you. So there you go. Awesome job once again for getting Sunset Overdrive. This is for Video Games. One last round of applause. And that one's for me, too. Because we got to the third <laughs> Um Okay. Great job. Um, this is for video games. What was it that tipped you off? Um, I thought it was infamous for a second, but it was too... Well, Matt did too. Matt thought it was infamous. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was infamous for a second, but it was too colorful. What was it that tipped you off? And then he gives me a Twitch Prime. How awesome is that, man? I give you a round of applause and you give me a Twitch Prime, and then I give you a video game. That's a good exchange as far as I'm concerned. Uh, 16 month, two month streak. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I don't know how you got it, though, from that one image versus all the others. Somebody else guessed Fuse, which they were on the right track. Yeah. They could tell it was an Insomniac game from the second screenshot mm -hmm. with the sparkle on it. There is something about that engine that has a quality to it. Uh-huh. They had figured it out, but you bare, you almost got it. You were so close, yeah. but not quite. You know I learned today? I learned where the where the name Ripto comes from, from Spyro 2, Ripto's Revenge. Yeah. Uh, Ripto's Rage, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the Japanese cover of Spyro 1, the Japanese writing of Spyro's name looks like it says Ripto. No way. Yeah. Are you kidding me? In in the in the like like the Japanese <laughs> writing looks like it says Ripto in in English so the Insomniac guys must have seen that and be like, "Oh, that's a cool name." That's crazy. That. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Um okay, we actually have some time also, for Q&A. If you if you made Reservoir Dogs today, uh, Mr. Blonde would dance to a song from 2003. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he, Mr. Blonde wouldn't would dance to like in the club, right? Basically, <laughs> fifty cent. That's how. That's, that's where we are now. That's it's how nuts. old things are compared to the 70s in 1992. That's crazy. Yep. Uh, so anyway, congratulations once again. This is for Vidya Games. Uh, send me a DM or us a DM here on Twitch. You can send me a DM on Twitter at Dinfire. You can send Sifted a DM on Twitter at Sifted Games. You can send me a DM on Sifted at Shane. However you do it, we'll get you your game code out. Once again, congratulations. And we have time for Q&A. Actually, we got like 10 minutes or so for a Q&A. Usually we're going over and just answering one. So we, have, we can answer a couple questions here instead of just one or two. Uh, the first one comes from Derek D111. Not a question, just a comment. Twitch has a link above your screen, Discover Luna. I was really disappointed that it was Amazon and not the cat. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, Luna is Amazon's game streaming service and they're just trying to advertise it to you guys. And apparently I'm it impressed. worked. Yeah, I'm impressed they did it because I don't think I've heard anyone mention that in months. Yeah. Um, El Guapo3385, your question was one of the topics in housekeeping. Um, the departure of Frank O'Connor and Joe Statton from the Halo team. We discussed that for like 10 minutes. So mm -hmm. you'll have to go back and rewind and watch the show to get that. Um, oh, this is for Vidya Game says it was the grind rail that mm -hmm. set him off. Yep, I can see that. And I put it in there for that reason. I just didn't think most people would know that it was a grind rail. <laughs> but you did. Uh, we could take some questions, but you guys don't really have any, it doesn't look like. Um, Emperor Dread, any guesses, hopes, or dreams for the Nintendo Indie World Showcase tomorrow? Yeah, that kicked that uh, begins streaming at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern tomorrow, um, if you want to check it out. I honestly don't care. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't even watch Nintendo's Nindy stuff, honestly. Yeah, I don't know what that would be. What is that going to be? Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that there's an exclusive. That if anything I'm, interesting pops up, I'm sure Twitter or somebody will tell me. Yep. Like, That's what social media is good for. Or you'll or we'll figure it out and we'll put it on mm -hmm. Sifted. 
Um, Pharaoh Doll, did you watch the Banana Splits horror movie yet? No, but I did watch Terrifier 2. And if you guys don't have any questions today, which is shocking that you guys don't have questions for us, um, I can talk about my impressions of Terrifier 2, which I would say was not as good as Terrifier 1. It was way too long. Um, I also felt like it wasn't quite as creative as the first Terrifier. Um, as far as like the kills are concerned, there's the one notorious, I'm sure everybody knows, I'm guessing the most notorious scene from Terrifier 2 is the bedroom scene. And it is horrific and awful. But there's also like a corny element to Terrifier 2 that I did not really feel was in Terrifier 1. Like obviously he's a clown and he's a mime and a mute. And there's that kind of comedic element. And it was more of like a juxtaposition in the first game. In this one, it's more like corny. Like there's almost like gags in the movie. Like for example, he'll do terrible things. Like he'll create a wound and then he'll literally pour salt in the wound or acid or whatever. But then there's these moments where the camera like zooms in on the jar so you can read that it says salt or you can read that it says like acid on it. Like I felt it jumped the shark a little bit in the second one. Again, I felt like it dragged on too long. It was like two and a half hours long of the most gory movie you've ever watched. Like, I felt like it was a little overdone. I think I like Terrifier 1 better. I also like the kind of, I don't even know, maybe it was intentional. The first Terrifier was made to look like it was shot on like almost like on a VHS camera that gave it kind of that 70s horror feel. feel. I feel like that's lost in the second one. It's way too slick. And then the end of the movie, it just goes insane. Like, horror movies and comedies, I think we talked about it last week, it's very hard for them to wrap it up in a satisfying way, and they just completely just lost their minds at the end of Terrifier 2. Like, there's like there's a walkway in the basement that he kicks a girl into, and she ends up in hell in this, like, tube of water where there's, like, a tentacle trying to pull her down, and she's watching these horrible things. It's just... It's insane. It really is insane. I think it's a movie... Terrifier 2 was better. Um, I think the the practical effects are a little better in Terrifier 2. Still amazing. They're amazing in both movies. Like, that guy, like, he should be doing practical effects, like, for big-budget movies instead of making his own, in all honesty. Um, and I still, I would not recommend either one of these movies to people who are squeamish. Like, if you watch commercial horror movies and they bother you, do not think about watching either one of these. They are way too much for you. I'm just telling you that right now. Um... I w I'm still trying to figure out if Terrifier 2 is the goriest movie I've ever watched. It's tough, but probably. It probably is. Um, but again, there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of needless character development. They develop these characters for no reason. It's uh -huh. like, you're, I don't know. It was, it was okay. Um, but I think I like the first one better. Uh, Minority Games, what other Star Wars game is coming out that you're excited for? None. That's None, yeah, I, I <laughs> None that are announced. I mean, I think there's going to yeah. be some coming that are going to be good. But as far as like the stuff that's announced right now, like David Cage Star Wars game, no, eh. if it even yeah it even exists in the end. Yeah, Hunters doesn't look very interesting. Um, supposedly, there's a full fledged like uh, Starfighter style game coming mm -hmm. on the success of Squadrons. That would be cool. Yeah. And supposedly there's a Ubisoft action RPG in development yep. that nobody's talking about yet. So uh, maybe that. I mean, you give me Assassin's Creed with a Jedi. Like, I mean, I'm not going to have a problem with that. Yep. But like, <laughs> I'm there. Like, I'm, it could be years away. Who knows? Sega, yep. Yeah. Sega's doing one. That's right. Vincent says. 
But we don't know anything. Yeah. Like, we just know problem. that they're working on them, and we have no details. So as of what we know about, no, but I think there will be good stuff coming. Yeah. And we'll see if the KOTOR remake still exists somewhere. All right. I mean, supposedly they handed that off to something, but that's years away yeah. at this point. I mean, the bottom line is there should be Star Wars games that we're excited about. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be Star- honest. That's the, the thing is like... It's pathetic. There should be Star Wars games as often as there are Star Wars TV shows. Yeah. It's ridiculous yeah. that they can't get that together. Yeah. Yep. And look, just so so you know, obviously, they have no effect on each other. If they're making Star Wars movies, that doesn't mean that they're not making Star Wars games because they're making movies. They're completely separate entities. Yeah, but they've just been mishandling this. I mean, they mishandled the games thing by handing it to EA, and then EA mm-hmm. fucked that up, and then now they're mishandling. I mean, they're trying, I think, they, but there's just they're very move, they're moving very slow on some of it. And yep. I mean, I'm sure they expected Ubisoft to have their shit together a little more than they have right now, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yep. All right. Well, that's it for Game Face 339. Thanks to everybody in our chat. You guys always make the show better. Uh, congratulations for this to uh, this is for Vigi Games for winning. Name that game. Um, a couple things before we go. One, make sure you check out our sponsor, LS Cream. Go to creamls.com. Use the store locator there to buy Buku bottles of the best liqueur you're going to find anywhere. Again, it is made by a gamer. It is made by a sifter. Support your fellow gamers. Support your fellow sifters. Support your local gunfighter. (laughs) Why give your money to some liquor conglomerate? Why would you do that when you can give it to somebody who's just like us? When you can make Lestive D a liquor conglomerate. Yeah. Or as I like to call him, Lestevid. Lestevid. Yep. Um, We are going to have a banger of an episode next week. There's going to be like four big games in next week's episode. Like, I need to run out of here so I can start playing all the games that I need to play for next week's episode. It is going to be awesome. We'll be back here as usual Tuesday uh, at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash games. Before we go, I can't leave without putting out the call for a little bit of help here. If you want to support us, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. You can pledge whatever you want per month, a dollar, five dollars, a hundred dollars, whatever. Um, but for four, just four dollars a month, you get all our content early. Um, in the case of Pactor Factory, you get it a week early. Game Face, you get like four days early. Those are way longer exclusivity periods than most Patreons. Our Patreon is also generally lower than every other gaming Patreon. Uh, we can really use the help, so please head over there and help us however you can. Can. If you don't have any money, I get it. I've been there. I'm there right now. <laughs> like You can still help us with Twitch Prime. Um, if you've already connected it, just head to twitch.tv slash games and just subscribe to the channel. If you haven't done it before and you're watching on YouTube, there are very simple instructions below. It literally takes like a few minutes to sign up for the first time and then to resubscribe every month, which you need to do. It literally takes three seconds. So please do it. I mean, you can give us free money just for being an Amazon Prime subscriber. It's pretty awesome. So, again, we'll be back next Tuesday with a banger of a game face. I almost can't wait. I want to, like, record it right now. But you're going to have to wait for seven days. Uh, Until then, have yourselves a great week. Play yourselves some great video games. Game face is up and out.